I like it. Little grand funk to get you started here on a Friday afternoon. Get to crank this up a little bit. Never hear this on the show. We need to. Good stuff. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Thanks to our friends at GFR. We're getting started here on a Friday afternoon from our 600 ESPN El Paso Lube and Go Studios at 4180 North Mesa. Three hours with you today because the Miners were victorious yesterday on the road against Louisiana Tech. And hey, we said it. They lost a game that they were supposed to win. They had to win a game they were supposed to lose. That was last night. Beat La Tech. Have a chance to make it two in a row with Southern Miss tomorrow uh, in Hattiesburg, which, let's be honest, they should get, but you never know. I mean, this has been the most unpredictable year ever. By the way, Miners now have four conference wins. That's the total conference wins they had the last three years. All right? Total conference wins the last three years. Just want to point that out. And it's important to point that out because this team couldn't win on the road to save their life the last couple years. Although they did, year two, they won three uh, conference road games. And I think they won one last season and none the first year. So, you know, I mean, hey, it is what it is. This team just, you know, it was an ugly game. It was the kind of game last night they needed to make in order to win. How about that? That's the best way to put it. They needed it to be ugly. It's exactly the way it was. And as a result, they won the game. Good for them. Good for UTEP. I'm happy. They deserved it. Um, I would have been really upset if they didn't win because La Tech played so poorly, and I think a lot of that was due to UTEP, although some of it was obviously La Tech on their own accord. I heard Minor Talk last night presented by the Oscar Adietta Allstate Agency was trying to decide whether or not La Tech lost the game or UTEP won the game. Listen, A, a win's a win. Whether a team, um, you know, gives it to you, or you win it, you take it. They took it. And let's be honest. If we would have told you yesterday that Bonky Maring would be one of the difference makers, you would have laughed me right off the air yesterday. You would have changed the channel, put on news talk, and listen to some other clown opening up his mouth and trying to listen to that person and say, wow, that's better than what Kaplowitz is talking about. I mean, Bonky hasn't even played this month. And you threw him into the fire after Titus fouls out and big basket, free throw, does what he needs to do on the other side, couple rebounds. I would never have expected that, Adrian. That was the biggest surprise of the whole night last night. Yeah, Titus Verhoeven quickly gets five fouls and is out of the game in the second half. He had a nice game, nine points on four of seven shooting. He also uh, totaled four rebounds, but he was getting the whistle called against him big time, whether it was him going up against Kenneth Lofton, him on the offensive side. He just racked up those fouls quickly, and then Zarek Onyema actually got hurt yesterday. So uh, that was the reason why Bonky Maring checked off the bench. Some people were wondering, well, why didn't they go with Kalu? And I I thought Maring gave them uh, tremendous minutes. He had the, a great awareness once uh, that shot missed from Sule Boom, and then he got that putback shot on the second chance point. He got some significant rebounds, like you're saying. And for Bonky Maring, this is very encouraging for the Miners just to get some uh, added depth to their front court, which has you know struggled this year, to say the least. I had no idea Nyema got hurt. 
Happened in the first half? Uh, it, I believe it happened in the second half, and he checked out right away. It was only four minutes. He mm. had that dunk in the game, and he was only in for four minutes. It was a quick one. one. Yeah, and I, I think he'll be okay. Joe Golding talked about it in his post game. I think okay. he'll be okay. Okay. Listen, Sule was amazing last night. Amazing. Uh, Bonky just came in and got the job done. And let's be honest, okay? You can say all you want that La Tech lost the game. But when UTEP hasn't beaten a team on a court in 18 years, I don't care what happens. You take the win. It's so stupid if we're arguing did Louisiana Tech lose the game or did UTEP win. UTEP took it. Louisiana Tech didn't want it last night. They gave it up and said to UTEP, here, you take it. And the miners said, thank you very much. We certainly will. Have a great weekend, La Tech. We'll see you later. And that's what happened last night. So you think about that. Good for UTEP. And it was an ugly game. Shooting was awful. And sometimes you got to play that kind of style in order to have a chance to win. We all know this UTEP team. We know what they are. They're limited. But they give you everything they've got every night out. They do. And last night was one of those examples, you know? Again, you didn't get a ton of scoring from a lot of different guys. You needed you needed them just to chip away. And, you know, one thing I'll say is this, man. You get Sule Boom on a free throw line, that's about as automatic as it comes. That is that is terrific. And you know what? He went through his little stretch of adversity this year where he couldn't make a shot and lost his confidence, but he but he got himself out of it. He got himself out of it because that's what great players do. They find themselves and they get up, they get themselves where they need to be. And Sule did that. And you want to know something? Again, we've talked about this earlier in the year. I know some people say Sule shoots the ball too much. He has to. Nobody else on this team can score regularly. Biennemi can, but Biennemi, you know, last night didn't have it. So Sule took it over and said, here, I'll take it. You give me the ball. I'll, not, I'll take you home. And that's exactly what he did. And good for Sule, good for the Miners, good for Golding, and happy that UTEP was able to start this road trip off right with a, uh, a tough win. I mean, you, don't, you don't beat Louisiana Tech and Ruston. Those are some places that have just, it's a really hard building for UTEP to win basketball games. Think about this, okay? The last time the Miners beat La Tech, Billy Gillespie was head coach. Now think about that. Let that sink in for a second. Since Billy Gillespie, Doc Sadler, who took the team, by the way, um, you know, very successful run, took him to the tournament and to the NIT. Tony Barbie, NCAA his last uh, round, and and by the way, that was the last time you have been to the NCAA. Tim Floyd and Rodney Terry, they didn't win in that building. That's how difficult it is. What, nine losses over the uh, last 18 years in that arena? So, understand. I mean, that's, that's big. You win in a place like that with the record and the season they're having? That means something right there. That's the third best team in the conference right now, according to the net rankings. And happy for UTEP last night. And don't give me all this stuff about La Tech lost the game. Who cares? Of course they lost the game. But you know what? UTEP said, we'll take it. How many times have we seen in the past a situation like last night where a team is at home and they don't want to win? And UTEP says, we don't want it either. And then the road, the home team playing awful pulls it out, okay? An ugly game. They don't deserve to win, but they win. Happens all the time. Last night, it was that same situation, except UTEP pulled it out. And if you're a fan... How do you possibly take that away from a team? You can't. You just can't do that. So I was really happy for UTEP last night. 
And I'll be honest with you, folks. You know, we never know what to expect from game to game. But, you know, you go up, you go on the road and, and, and so far, and they've got more road games left. They might win five or six road games this year. Who knows how many they're going to win. But the truth is, hey, all the credit to this team. They don't have Bryson Williams. And, you know, you look at what they do have right now, getting the most out of these guys. It's what we said they were that's what we said at the beginning of the season. They were going to get the most out of these guys, and that's exactly what's happened. And so far, you know, the Miners are uh, keeping themselves alive uh, in that uh, Western Conference race. Good for them. Yeah, no doubt last night was their best win of the season. I, it's on paper. You, you can look at the rankings. La Tech is a Tier 1 team in Conference USA along with North Texas. And, uh, and, and you can look at UAB as well in that top-tier list. But those are the three exclusive teams in that list, and UTEP knocked off one of those teams. They proved they can hang with the other two teams as well earlier. They've proved they can hang with North Texas and UAB. But it's one thing to hang with them, and it's another to actually pull off a road win. And that's exactly what the Miners did last night. Now, real quick on Sule Boom, because he entered this week as Conference USA's leading scorer, which I found real interesting, and I wanted to see how he would respond to that. And uh, last night, 28 points. He uh, chipped in with uh, three steals as well to lead the Miners and had a double-double, his fourth in his uh, career, not with assists, but with rebounds. That was super helpful for the Miners. Uh, Lou Romano called us on Miner Talk last night, and he posed an interesting question talking about if uh, Sule Boom uh, will be remembered among the greats in UTEP history. Now, I, I slowed back. I, I stopped right there and said, you know, I think he might, Sule Boom, when it's all said and done, he might go down as one of the more underappreciated scores in minor basketball history. Um, I would agree with that. Totally agree with that. He is a pure scorer. That's exactly what he is. And this year, I think he's added to his game because he's become a nice all-around player for UTEP. He really has. Gives him defense, gives him some assists, he'll rebound. I mean, you know you're getting everything from Sule Boom. It's not exactly like he, he doesn't dog it or you don't feel like you're not getting maximum energy and maximum output. You are. So I agree with that. And I think that, you know, Sule, as he's carried this team this year and was one of the guys that carried him last year because, remember, it was him and Bryson Williams and Sule had the better year between the two. Yeah, I, I'm with you completely. Just to mention something else, the last time a minor player has led Conference USA in scoring was Stephon Jackson. Way back in 2007, 2008, he averaged almost 24 points a game. Right now, Sule Boom is averaging 20, while Jamal Bienemy is also averaging uh, almost 16 points per game, too. So they're getting great scoring production out of their guards. That's fascinating, man. That really is. Good stat there. Way to bring that up. 13 passes, we get started here on Sports Talk today. We'll give out awards in a little bit. But um, I don't know what you know, how minor fans were reacting uh, last night uh, on the postgame show in terms of, like, just the calls and input. I, I know that the debate was, you know, did, did Louisiana Tech lose the game or did UTEP win? Hey, UTEP won the game. And, if Louisiana, and, and yeah, Louisiana Tech did lose the game. They lost it. They didn't win the game. They, they, they lost the game. And UTEP took it. And that's the most important thing. That's what, that's what it's all about. Road games are tough. They're not easy. And I watched the way that first game in El Paso went with La Tech. And UTEP just, you know, they, 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 they couldn't stop them when they had chance. And they didn't score. And yesterday was exactly the opposite. They did get scoring. And they were able to just, you know, create a miserable home performance by Louisiana Tech. 
Yeah, I feel like last night when we got more of the calls, the calls that were saying that Louisiana Tech uh, lost this one, they they claimed that you know Louisiana Tech had a lot of opportunities at the free throw line they to did. close it out, which is right. Yeah, they were 17 of uh, 31 when it was all said and done from the free throw line, shot 55% from the charity stripe. But at the same time, Steve, they had the opportunity to put it away, and they didn't. That's yep. the bottom line right there. They just didn't. We've seen games where UTEP was in the same boat. UTEP had those same That's exact right. opportunities from the free throw line, and they were miserable. So, you know, um, team doesn't make their free throws. I always said if a team doesn't make their free throws and they shoot 50% almost at home, you deserve to lose. And they lost. So there you go. Yeah, and for the Miners, making it just an ugly game all around. Now, this road stretch, uh, you know, you consider tomorrow as a potential layup for the Miners. Like, they should win tomorrow against Southern Miss. But Monday, I'm looking at that one and circling it. If there's any way that the Miners could try to get a a sweep this weekend, man, that is a a really good sign for this team going home for for their last three games at the Haskins Center. That would be unbelievable. I'm not expecting that, but that would be great if it happens. Yeah, I mean, just going two out of three in this stretch is pretty solid. It is. Cesar Cubillos at Ice Cubillos tweets the show. I'm beginning to think of Lofton Jr. the same as past UTEP rivals like Fennis Dembo, Nick Fazekas, Danny Ainge, Kenny Thomas, and Luke Longley. How many fouls can this guy get away with? If the LA Rams can luck into a title, maybe UTEP can pull off a shocker in Frisco. Uh, that would be a way to look at it. I like that. Always Caesar's always uh, looking at um, the cup half full instead of the cup half empty. And by the way, you're right. Listen, Lofton, guys just bounce off of him. They really do. And the truth is, Lofton commits more fouls just because of the way he's built, but, you know, he plays that kind of game where gets away with a lot of stuff. He really does. He's got a deceptive deceptive weight, meaning that some guys just, you know, bounce off him, and they're the ones that get called for the foul, not him, because of the way he plays. Yeah, and when Titus Verhoeven was trying to uh, go at him, he puts an elbow to him, and then Lofton falls like nothing, and then he gets called for the charge. I feel like minor fans absolutely hate Kenneth Lofton. Like, mm-hmm. with a grudge. They can't stand it. This 100%. is personal for some reason. I like it. I think Louisiana Tech-UTEP has become a little bit of a rivalry. It has, and the fact that they're going to stay in the same league is good for them. Good for everybody right now. I agree completely. Really is. All right, 16 pass, just getting started here on the program today. we got a fun, exciting show. we got a lot to talk about on the program as well. In fact, we do have some in-studio guests. I'm excited about that as well because Jadrian Taylor is going to be coming by the uh, Lubingo Studios at 5 o'clock. And guess what? He's bringing a minor teammate of his. Daylon Williams is going to be here as well. And they're going to talk uh, about an NIL deal that they have coming up in El Paso. So that's going to be happening in our 5 o'clock hour. And then... In our 6 o'clock hour, we've got the Jock Doc coming back. Ask a doctor. So a lot to talk about on the program. We'll get to all of that and more. But first, here's Charlie One with our first traffic update of a Friday afternoon. All right, 20 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. 880-5763. That is our telephone number. Baseball already saying that they're going to uh, cancel the first week of spring training games. I love the Major League Baseball Players Association comments from that. That was classic. Did you, did you get a chance to uh, see that, Adrian? Yeah, a great clapback as uh, Ma- Major League Baseball put out a, a horrible statement earlier today. Here's what MLB Players Association said today. MLB announced today that it must postpone the start of spring training games. This is false. Nothing requires the league to delay the start of spring training, much like nothing required the league's decision to implement the lockout in the first place. Despite these decisions by the league, players remain committed to the negotiating process. 
It's really the truth. You know, they're going to meet again on Monday. Maybe there'll be more of a sense of urgency from the owners now that uh, this whole thing is getting delayed. Yeah, my biggest thing is the major, well, Major League Baseball, they previously said, Steve, that they wanted about four weeks of spring training so that camps, uh, they, they had some urgency for camps to open early March. They said this way before. Yeah. So now they're just being completely hypocritical to what they uh, previously said. Oh, it's going to be canceled. It must be canceled. No, I'm, I'm totally with the players on this. This is ridiculous by the owners. I'm with you. I am with you. So once again, I, I think you're 100% right. And I'll say this, you know, for as far as I'm concerned, um, God, it's you know, owners just they, they seem to to think like like when they when they delay this and, and they're trying to portray the players as bad guys. Nobody nobody's listening to them right now. I feel like the owners are kind of on their own island. They're a little delusional and actually a lot delusional. And people have to understand as far as the court of public opinion is concerned, most people are saying, hey, players. They're the ones that are ready to do this. Let's get this thing rolling already, and let's 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 start. It seems like the players are also the ones who are meeting at the middle in some of these arguments that are going on. And, uh, you know, you, you could just see it from yesterday's meeting that just lasted 15 minutes. I mean, how, how do they expect talks to intensify to another level next week when you only give each other 15 minutes of meeting time uh, yesterday? I, I don't know. I know that they are going to try to meet as frequently as possible next week. But, Steve, I, I don't know what these conversations are really going to lead to. I don't know either. I don't know either. I'm like you kind of waiting to see how this thing shakes out. And so far, it's uh, it's looking right now like, um, you know, it could be anybody's, uh, you know, anybody's guess when these guys actually can, can get themselves back on track and, and settle this thing. Are you bummed because you go to spring training all the time, Steve? So I'm trying to decide, like, I wouldn't mind going and watching minor leaguers, you know? Oh, that's interesting. Nice. Okay. So, in fact, you know, I was... This is the weekend I usually go, you know, President's Weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it uh, just so happens that um, my anniversary is tomorrow night. So as much as I would like to just get up and go and, and go to Arizona for the weekend and enjoy myself, I mean, you'll probably stay back here and, uh, you know, take my wife out to dinner tomorrow night, celebrate our, our 16th anniversary. Oh, if, 16. If, nice. If Karen's listening, happy anniversary. I'm excited. Happy anniversary to both of you. Gone through 16 years, man. That's a that's a milestone right there. Actually, you know, as far as anniversaries go, every year it just gets better and better, right? I'm with you on that, man. Um, yeah. I'm telling you. Wait, just wait for you. Yeah. You got your you got your wedding coming up later this year. That's exactly right. Yeah. We've so, been dating for 8 years. Man, that's crazy. So that means when you're having your 16th anniversary, you'll be at like almost 25 years together. Wow, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't think about it until you said it. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Because I met my wife 25 years ago. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. At Bombardier's. All right, nice. When I was uh, calling Buzzer Talkie. That's how far back we go. Man, that's awesome. Yep, absolutely. Congrats to you all. Thank you. But normally, uh, we're in Arizona for spring training. This is like, I like to get a jump on things and watch pitchers and catchers report and the players start to come in because, you know, there aren't games yet, so you have a little bit more intimacy to the players this weekend. It's a great weekend to go, but I mean, now I guess you could still go and just watch all the minor leaguers. Like, if you're a Rangers fan and you show up to uh, Surprise, you get to go see Jack Leiter, who is probably going to be one of the top young arms for the Rangers. And if you go to Peoria, where the Padres work out, you might get to see Nomar Mazzara, who is a big league vet, who very well could be starting in the outfield in El Paso this year because he signed a minor league contract. So there's still a lot of guys coming in right now to spring training. It's just not the big leaguers. It's all the minor leaguers right now. 
still seems like some pretty good names. I mean, just the ones that you're mentioning right there, uh, that would be pretty exciting. I mean, at least to see some sort of baseball right now while all this is going on between the owners and the players, at least you can see some minor leaguers. I'm with you on that one. I am with you. So 25 past the hour, 880-5763. That is our telephone number as we continue here on Sports Talk. So uh, once again, you know, you look at all of that, and I'm and 100% right. I mean, there are, uh, you know, reasons to go off to uh, watch uh, spring training. But when, when you think about this, too, I mean, you might go to spring training and there's nobody there. So this would be kind of cool. You have total access to the minor league players and, you know, then the major leaguers hopefully will show up in a couple weeks and they'll start playing games in maybe mid-March and start a little bit later than normal in April and you're good to go. Yeah, you can get some sweet uh, autographs at this point right now and maybe get a chance to get autographs from some Padres uh, minor leaguers now and then get it later on when they're with the El Paso Chihuahuas. So, yeah, some interesting opportunities right there to watch the minor leaguers here. Yeah, I'm with you. I am with you. So, um, once again, that was the storyline today out of baseball. And then we also found out that the college football playoff uh, system uh, will stay in effect with four teams through 2026. And I'm wondering if, uh, you know, ultimately – Is this the right move or the wrong move for college football, all things considered? I still think it's the wrong move because I I feel like, you know, the argument against it is, oh, well, Alabama, Ohio State, the Clemsons of the world, those teams will rise up to the top because they have the best uh, recruiting classes. Georgia's going to be in the mix, too, and the SEC teams. But if you allow automatic bids from most of the Power Five schools and at least one Group of Five representative to represent the play of the college football playoffs, uh, I feel like you're leveling a lot of playing field and at least giving opportunities to some of these teams. You're you're bringing relevance back to bowl games, and uh, this is a, a huge step in that direction. I'm sad that this wasn't the case and that they uh, that they're going with just four teams through 2025 and six. I am too. I would have liked to have seen them uh, actually, you know, go up and maybe go to 12. I mean, that would have been fun. Um, but now, you know, four more years with four teams. That's just uh, that, that's just what it is. And by the way, how much is this worth? How about uh, $450 million in potential revenue? That's for the 10 FBS conferences in Notre Dame. Wow, are you serious? So yes. they, they could have gotten way more off the hits. Much, ton. much more. Almost $500 million is worth. Uh, and what they're saying is that money is secondary. So they could have, if they wanted the money, they would have expanded it. But ultimately, the biggest problem right now is they can't all agree on a format. They're all divided right now. And that seems to be the biggest issue why they stuck with four, because there wasn't one model that every single conference said, that's the model we want to go with. I, I feel like the, the Power Fives just don't want the group of fives to get a representative in, and that's one of the reasons there that, you know, there are probably other reasons, uh, you know, that, that, that are there, but it's the revenue split. It's who gets most of the revenue. You know, does the SEC get more if they get more play uh, teams in the college football playoffs if it's a 12-team format? I think those are the questions that they just didn't answer uh, for, for this process. And I also don't know for the 12-team playoff model if there was any kind of a guarantee for a group of five schools to be in there. That's true, and that could have been the group of five stances. Hey, if everybody else gets an automatic bid, at least give us one. At least give us, you know, between Conference USA, the AAC, Mountain West, just give us one team to represent all of the group of fives to at least get an automatic bid into the college football playoff. And, uh, you know, Cincinnati showed that they at least deserved it this past year. Like, you should at least take those teams seriously if they go undefeated. 
And now they've got four years to figure this out, right? Four years to try to get this done right. It seems like that's way too long. Like, how? Why? Why does this have to take four years? It seemed like this was picking up so much momentum this past season. So here is what they originally came up with. That is the six highest rank conference champions. Okay, so ultimately you've got your Power Five, meaning there would have been one group of five, whichever had the highest ranking included, and then the next six highest ranked teams. I don't understand why that was something that nobody could agree with. I mean, that makes the most sense. Even if you have 11 Power Fives in one group of five, what's the, what's the issue with that? I have no clue because if you have that format right there, Steve, let, let's be honest, those next six highest-ranked teams, those are all going to be Power Five schools. None of them are going to be Group of Five. You're only getting really one Group of Five team if that's really the issue right there. I'm, I'm not sure. Absolutely right. 100%. Apparently, uh, they asked... SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, what the biggest obstacle to expansion was. And he said, quote, somebody else has to communicate their opinion that. It certainly wasn't the Southeastern Conference. Then it said, we were ready to participate in in a meaningful expansion. I think others are going to have to give their reasons. Interesting. So SEC seemed to be on board with everything. After all, it was the Mountain West, the Big 12, and the SEC that came up with the 12-team proposal for the Power 5 champs, the next, uh, and then the, the best group of five score, and the six highest-ranked teams. You, you just don't know why that thing wouldn't have gone through. Well, I, I believe that the SEC felt that way because they think, well, we always we always have at least you know three or four teams in yep. the top 12, so they have they will probably get a ton of representation out there. Now, a, a conference like the Big 12 could be arguing the other way, saying, hey, well, we need to have representatives, not just our automatic bid, but we also have to have at least our second-highest-ranked team in the mix, too. Well, then you know what? Win the big games. Right. The truth is, is that the reason the SEC is always ranked so high is they deliver. So guess what? If these other conferences did what the SEC was was able to do year after year, it wouldn't even be a discussion. But the fact is, the SEC is the best conference in college football. Everybody knows it. It's been like that forever. And the rest of the league doesn't want to see the SEC benefit. And that's why we're in the same spot we're in right now. Bigger picture, this could lead to way more relevance toward the bowl season. And I think that's what college football needs right now. They need to bring relevance back to their bowl season with everybody opting out left and right. 100% right. 100% right. You want to get in on this? We'd love to hear from you right now. 880-5763, our telephone number. 32 past the hour. Let's go to Adrian and get our first bottom of the hour Sports Center update. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. By the way, uh, this came in on our app, our mobile app powered by United Bank from San Fran Sam. Congrats, Cappy. Sue and I celebrated our 42nd anniversary two days ago. You're right. It just gets better and better each year. Nicely done. 42 years. That's amazing, Sammy. Bravo. I love that. Happy to hear that, man. Happy 42nd. That's terrific. Um, 880-5763, our telephone number, as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right. Uh, So, we've touched on three things so far. UTEP's win, the men's win. We've touched on baseball's disaster situation that just gets worse and worse. And we've touched on college football. Now I want to touch on the UTEP women's basketball team. Because they lost again at home last night and lost badly. And for the life of me, I cannot figure this out. Because again, um, on paper, 
when you looked at this team this year, they looked like they were more stacked than they've ever been before, and nobody anticipated them struggling like this. So the question is, has the rest of CUSA just gotten better than they were last year, or something else happening because it just doesn't make a lot of sense how this UTEP basketball team continues to struggle home and on the road. And last night, they got drilled at home. Yeah, we even had some calls on Minor Talk yesterday talking about the women's team and just uh, their inefficiencies or inabilities to also win these games. And uh, I know Destiny Thurman was not dressed last night. I know she uh, dealt with a concussion that she had that she suffered in the previous game. But at the same point, UTEP should not be losing by 17 points to Louisiana Tech in any fashion because this team is far too talented to be losing at home like this. And now they've lost four in a row. They're definitely reeling on the season. They have their final home game of the year tomorrow so uh they're gonna have to not only try to pick back momentum but also have to do it on the road it's gonna be a tough stretch man i hope so too i I really do because if you looked at uh you know what happened yesterday and by the way the miners are 13 and 11 but they're five and nine in cusa i mean this was a team that was eight and two in their non-conference play they played some good teams in the non-conference too and right and two it seemed like they were just rolling and then uh it's just been it's been tough and by the way, Southern Miss is not going to be easy either. They're eight and five in CUSA and sixteen and eight overall. So that's going to be another tough game for the Miners. Yeah, it really will be. And who knows if uh, Thurman will play in that one or not. Uh, you look at some of their non-conference victories. That uh, win at New Mexico State in overtime. That win against Air Force in double overtime. I mean, they pulled together some uh, pretty significant victories. Even beating Middle, Middle Tennessee earlier in the year. You you felt like this team had all the makings of uh, a contender in Conference yep. USA. And then uh, they dealt with COVID in January. I know they had, they've, they've been on this uh, this losing streak right here the four game losing streak and they've lost I think right now Steve if you look at it all they I think they've lost six of their last seven games they uh, have in conference play and Southern Miss has won five of their last six so Southern Miss is actually in sole possession of first right now in the Western Division and how about this Southern Miss was picked 13th in the preseason 13 out of 14 so you talk about that that's unbelievable yeah, that's not good at all for uh, for the Miners. Not good news as they're hosting them tomorrow. I, and, I mean, last night's game, you look at the 33 turnovers, and I think that's where you start it, yeah. with the Miners losing in that one. Can't have that many mishaps uh, happen in your game. And it wasn't just one single player. It was like everybody on that team was turning the ball over. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, when you look at the box from yesterday's 77-60 loss uh, to La Tech, um, it's, you know, it's it was rough because – Ultimately, you had um, Teal Battle with six turnovers. Uh, Petrie had six. Um, Alina Rike had four. Katya had six. Brenda Fontana had four. I mean, everybody had a turnover except for uh, one player who played two minutes. And everybody else turned the ball over. 33 is just... That's so many turnovers. My God, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, 20 is a lot of turnovers. You look on the other side uh, with uh, Louisiana Tech having 24, that's a lot of turnovers. But to turn around and have almost uh, you know nine more turnovers than Louisiana Tech, that's that's not the recipe to win at all. And uh, the Miners, they, they started off this game a little rough. They just weren't able to come back at all in this game. No, they weren't. And you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they just – and they didn't shoot bad. I mean, 22 out of 46 is usually good enough to win a basketball game or at least be close, but the turnovers killed them.
That's just uh, what it comes down to. I mean, they, you know, they made their free throws. They um, were close in the rebound battle. But, man, turnovers are just uh, – that's that's your difference right there. Yeah, and another thing is when you're playing from behind, when mm-hmm. you're playing with all this pressure on you, then you start to take some questionable shots and, and you try to press in different ways. And that's when it gets even more sloppy. So the Miners were never really in this game. Uh, out of the gate, I know they they, uh, they were down at half, and then out of the half they, they just couldn't climb back at all. No, they couldn't. So that's another story entirely, and um, I wish I had a good answer on on the UTEP women. Um, I have not been around them this year. Mondo the Monster Medina is calling all the games. So that's the first time that we've really had one announcer. Uh, now last year they had uh, Tim Haggerty, but Tim was really there more due to COVID than anything else. And now uh, we've got the Monster. And you know, I asked him a couple of days ago what's going on, and he can't, he can't figure it out either. I mean, he's around them all the time. Home games, road games, pretty much with them twenty four seven when he's uh, when he's working it, and and I said what you know what's going on? And he doesn't know. That's and I you know that's the toughest part is if you could just pin one thing, you would try to solve it as quickly as possible. But you know this is really you know this adversity started with COVID, and then it just continued to go into conference play, and and they, they've never really been the same. They are good at, like, let, let's say like this, they also have the talent to actually put together some wins under their belt if they're able to turn the corner. I'm not sure if it's too late in the season right now, if they've faced too much adversity at this point where they can't overcome this, but um, if the Miners were able to turn the corner and, and try to turn their season around uh, entirely, they have the talent, no doubt, to try to do this. They have some great players on their team. They do. All right, 20 in front of five as we continue here on Sports Talk. We'll take a timeout, come back. Plenty more in store for you, including a pair of miners dropping by our Lubingo Studios in the next 20 minutes. They got a big NIL deal coming up. We'll talk about that as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Good to have you as we continue here on Sports Talk. 880-5763, our telephone number to get into the program. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Boy, oh boy. Looks like uh, the Packers really want Aaron Rodgers to stick around, don't they? Oh, my goodness. Tom Clements is the quarterback's coach. Aaron's guy. The one he said is the reason why he's helped develop into the star he's become in Green Bay. I mean, I'll give the Packers credit, all right? They drafted Jordan Love, ticked off Aaron Rodgers, nearly forced him out of Green Bay, and the last year plus, they have basically done everything they can to try to keep Rodgers in a Packer uniform for the rest of his career. And this could be the latest in uh, that whole, you know, um, I don't know, courtship in terms of keeping him around because Clements is Aaron's guy. It seems like they're ready to roll out whatever they need to do to treat to keep Aaron Rodgers on this team. And hey, if you're Green Bay, why wouldn't you? He's a back-to-back MVP player. He's the face of your franchise right now. And despite uh, the off-the-field issues, and despite his attitude and some of the things he says in the media, uh, he's he's somebody they, they feel like they want in their uh, in, in their locker room and and you know to continue to represent their franchise. My biggest thing, Steve, is I wonder if we're going to see something like what we saw with the Patriots, where uh, Brady sticks around but then they deal out Jimmy G uh you know way back with the Patriots maybe they decide to move on from love and sell high as as his value we don't really know what his value is right now I was gonna say I mean who the heck wants Jordan Love I mean he hasn't shown anything as a quarterback to get you too excited in fact the last game of the season was a reality check when the uh when when the Packers lost that football game and and ultimately you know I mean 
it was, again, just a divisional game, but still, you know, we kind of got a glimpse of what life would be like without Aaron Rodgers, and it wasn't pretty. Now, they still have work to do. They got to bring back Devontae Adams. That's a must. You can't just lose Devontae and expect to keep Aaron Rodgers, no matter who's coaching the team. But at the same time, this really looks good to keep uh, number 12 in a pack uniform uh, for the 2022 season, and who knows how much longer. And maybe the Packers are just admitting it. We made a mistake. Hey, teams do it all the time. They draft high, expect something, and then they realize it's it's not going to work. I mean, sometimes teams just thrust those first-round picks into the starting job immediately and cut ties after a year or two. The Packers maybe are smarter because they've seen him as a backup, watched him in limited game time, and just said, hey, you know what? It's just, maybe it's just, they know it's not working. Not to mention, the Packers still have a championship-type team. They're still right there at the top. So what's the point of suddenly taking a team built for now and turning it into, um, you know, uh, just a, um, essentially a rebuilding club? I mean, they're not rebuilding. They're ready for this. So why would you hand the keys to the vehicle over to to, uh, Jordan Love right now. I wouldn't. I also think a lot of teams will start to model themselves off what the Rams did and just acquiring stars for now, like tightening the window, saying, hey, if there's a window of opportunity, doing whatever it takes to win at that very moment, and that might mean getting, uh, you know, some marquee free agents over the offseason and surrounding it with better players just all around. And, you know, I I think everybody realized that Jordan Love wasn't what people thought he was uh, when he made that start in that 13 to 7 loss to the Chiefs and Kansas City did not deserve to win that game at all but no. uh, Jordan Love was terrible in that game with the Packers 100% right 100% right so this is interesting you know I was really hoping that uh, I could go to Green Bay this year and get great tickets because the Packers were just going to be a uh, you know they were going to get rid of Rodgers and Adams and it'd be the Aaron Jones show and now I'm starting to feel like it's going to cost a pretty penny to get into Lambeau again this year Yeah, I think so, Steve. If they keep – the trend is looking like they are going to keep Aaron Rodgers. If that's the case, those ticket prices will remain high. Man, oh, man. You're right. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. Oh, well. You know, it's uh, the way things work out sometimes. Maybe it's a bad game. Maybe like a home game against Detroit is a cheaper ticket. Could be. You never know. That might be a way to go. That's Hey, that's always a uh, look on the bright side kind of thing, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the case. They uh, host the Lions. That's a, a better price for you to go out and watch uh, watch the Packers. Maybe that's the case. for, for and, and when would you want to go? October? Is that the month? I don't care. Let me see who's on the schedule for this upcoming year. Let me see who's at home. Oh, I can watch them beat the crap out of the Jets. There you go. That's the way to go. Show up, watch my team get slaughtered, and uh, have a good time in Lambo in the process. Same colors. I like it. They're actually, they have a great schedule. Do you know the Packers are playing at home this year? Listen to this. Besides the normal cast of characters, which is the NFC North, Cowboys, Rams, Patriots, Jets, Giants, and Titans. Wow, those what, are awesome. What a loaded schedule that is for Green Bay. That's a marquee schedule right there. That is a marquee schedule. So I might have found my trip. Go watch the Jets get uh, smoked. What day is that? They haven't. They, they don't announce oh, that until okay, April. Okay. Got you. Until, all they've done right now is just announce the opponents. They haven't told you when they're going to play. What a dream come true. Go to Lambeau and watch my team just get annihilated. That's, that's exactly what I want to do, right? Yeah, you can watch Zach Wilson go up against the Packers. That's right. <laughs> Maybe it'll be more fun to go watch the Giants get annihilated because that's going to happen too.
True, that's right, yeah. So then I don't have to feel bad so I could show up wearing my Aaron Jones jersey and not ups- you know, not upsetting the apple cart if I show up with Namath 12. I like that. That's a great idea. And then um, with the Giants, you could just laugh at Danny Dimes. There you go. I like that. That's good. And Joel's got an Aaron Jones jersey, too, so we both show up wearing Aaron Jones jerseys. Oh, sweet. That would be fun. Yes. And then sit, and then sit in the end zone, right? Yes, 100%. That's the, that's the Jones zone. That's right. Showtime zone. Better believe it. Got to get a sombrero, be, too, huh? I, I, could take, I think I could take care of that. It's not too difficult. Just head downtown. Find myself a good one. All right. Do you think they sell the Aaron Jones sombreros downtown? I think so. Think I find one of those? All right. I like it. Hour one in the books. Hey, UTEP football coming up to begin hour two. We'll talk about a big camp coming up. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. On Sports Talk, he's Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. we got a pair of minors right now here with us in studio. I'm excited about this. Jadrian Taylor's here. Dalen Williams is here. We've got a camp coming up. We're going to be talking to them about. And uh, let's just say this. Happy to have them both here. Gentlemen, Welcome aboard. Good to see you. And uh, how you guys doing here on a Friday? Yes, sir. We good. good. You know, had a good workout this morning. You yeah. know, good meetings, PRPs, and everything. So <laughs> there you go. You know, we fresh off the uh, fresh out the workout. So yeah. nice. Good. Hey, JJ, move that microphone closer to you right there. That just pop what that about thing. Now? There you go. That's that's good. You can okay. even raise it up a little bit if you want. That thing, right, does that thing move up? There yeah, you go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's that's what I'm yeah, talking okay, about right now. Mike check, Mike check. Jadrian, the microphone's your friend. It's not it's not an enemy. Don't worry about that. Yeah. It's not it's not gonna bite you. Facts. It's okay. That's yeah. facts. You know, I have no problem talking to the mic, you know. I'm a little country, but I can talk though. There you go. <laughs> I noticed that. First off, I mean when you're a little country. Did you grow up in uh central Texas? Yeah, I'm from East Texas, actually. East Texas, all right. Straight woods, straight country, straight, you know. Out there in the woods for real. So what did you do? Did you grow up on a farm? Yeah, I actually did. Yeah. You did, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, as far as uh, football goes, when did you start playing football? I was six years old. Yeah, I was. No, I was seven years old. My first, my first sport was actually baseball. I started at six, and then it's my, uh, my. After that year, I started fo- playing football. Yeah. When did you know that uh, football was going to be uh, your sport? Uh, one time we were doing the Oklahoma drill. One time, and I. And I hit somebody and made them fumble. It was like the whole crowd, the whole, like, all, everybody at practice started going crazy. And I was like, yeah, I like this. I like it. So you hit somebody, you made them fumble. And that, what's the Oklahoma drill? What is that? So Oklahoma drill is two, basically two kids. Mm-hmm. They lined up. One of them a defender, one of them an uh, officer guy. They got the ball. Yep. And they just go head up and see who's going to win. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So that's just basically a battle of the survival of the fittest yeah, is like, what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, who, who's a bigger man, basically. So you popped out that football, got the fumble, and you decided, all right, I can do this. Yeah, I like this, yeah. And then right. I started getting them sacks and everything. I love, I love that. Dalen, <laughs> what about you? Did you start uh, playing uh, football when you were six years old or seven years old? When did it begin for you? Yeah, I started when I was like seven years old. And then yeah, I played baseball at first, too. I started when I was seven. And then, you know, I just played all the way up. And yeah. then... I played basketball, too, so I thought I was going to be a basketball player. Did you really? Yeah, I thought I was going to be a basketball player, and then I got to high school. I got big. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. This guy's not good at basketball. No, he can't play basketball. He doesn't hear a lot like that. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) I'm going to ask about the basketball games you guys play in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. what was your growth spurt like? Because right now you're, what, 6'2"? Yes, sir. So when did you start in high school at, and when did you get up to 6'2"? Uh... I started like at five ten, and oh, then so you're still big going into high school. Uh-huh. All right, so like, that's a good size. 
And I think by like by my junior year, I was kind of I was like six foot. And then when yeah. I, I think when I got to college, I finally like stopped. Like okay, but yeah, uh, so I grew a little bit in college. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir, a little bit. What's it like growing up in Smyrna, Tennessee? Oh, it's nice. You know, this is like a a small community right outside of right outside of Nashville. Yeah. You know, it's a nice community. The people there are nice. You know, I miss I miss home a lot. You know, it's nice though. It's definitely a nice city. A good place to grow up with a family. Good you grew place. up on a farm in Smyrna. No, nah, I ain't grew up on a farm. You know, when I tell a lot of people I'm from Tennessee, they like they automatically I'm assume I mean automatically assume that I grew up on a farm, but. Yeah. I didn't grow up on a farm. <laughs> yeah, just double checking. I mean, after all, we got Jadrian growing up on a farm in East Texas. I had to ask him. Mean, yeah, 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 sir, the crock pot. I ain't yeah. grew up on no farm. Not, not no farm. Not me. <laughs> when did you guys first get a chance to meet each other at Utah? Was it? Did you guys come in the same year? Yeah, we came yeah. in the same year. We, we actually met on our visit. Yeah. Oh, you guys on the same recruiting trip? Same recruiting trip. Oh, met nice. this guy. I knew this guy was going to be a troublemaker. <laughs> Immediately. Nah, not me. Hey, by the way, what was your recruiting trip to UTEP like? Tell me a little bit about that. At least the stuff we can repeat on the radio. I mean, there might be some stuff <laughs> we can't mean, talk about. But, we yeah. came down, you know, we was welcome by the coach and everything. Everybody was nice. Had a little... Uh, this was my first time flying, actually. Seriously? Yeah, I, I've never flew before. I'm, I never seen my first time seeing an escalator coming to uh, El Paso. I've Wait a minute, s- what about a mall? Like we got a little mall, but we ain't we ain't got no escalators. There's no escalator <laughs> in the mall. <laughs> no, it's one floor. Oh. If, if you can't find it on that one, you ain't finding nothing. All right. You get on the top floor, it's the roof. Man, <laughs> I gotta come visit your house. I want to see this. I, hey, I gotta gonna, see one this thing area. You're gonna eat good. You're gonna ride. We're gonna ride some horses. We're gonna fish. We're gonna That's, do. Yeah. This is all have, Lufkin, right? Yeah. Crock, and Lufkin and Crockett, Texas. I spent ten years in both cities. Very nice. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm always listen. You put some food in front of me. I'm not gonna say no. I'll oh, eat yeah. anything you throw at me. What's the uh, What's the ultimate? Uh, you know, food in the Taylor House. Ooh. What's the ultimate food? My, I, I like my papa ribs. Yeah, I like them ribs. Oh, we do we do homemade sausages and everything. So basically, oh. a barbecue like yeah. Sounds am- I'm coming over. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's you, fantastic. You're, even, you're, you're not even gonna have a choice in this. Matter. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm my granny, the house my granny, she on all the sides of cornbread, greens, and everything, cabbage, everything. It sounds so. amazing. Oh, it's a good time. All right, I like that. Uh, Dalen, what about you? What's the ultimate food uh, back in your hometown? Uh, well, see, this this is my mom. Me and my mom and my brother. So my mom. I think I like my mom's chicken. She she cooks some good chicken. All right, you know I mean? and sweet potato pie. That sounds delicious too. Yeah, sweet sweet potato pie. All That's right, so we've got favorite. we got chicken, sweet potato pie, ribs, homemade sausage. I feel like we're going to be feasting with you guys. Good, That's for sure. That's a good meal right there. Yes, sounds sir. good to me. And yes, by the sir. way, um, speaking of feasting, uh, for the reason we've got you guys here is there's going to be a football camp coming up a week from tomorrow. Yes, sir. And yeah. uh, this is a chance to get to learn from the two of you, plus Isaiah Bravo, Dennis Barnes. You guys are all going to have a chance to work with some of the uh, the youngsters here in El Paso. Let's yes, talk sir. about that. Yeah, you know it's it's a um, good opportunity to know. Because I, I plan on being a coach after I retire from the NFL and everything. So okay, well we got good, time for that. But yeah, it's sorry. a good it's, it's a good experience for me at least. This this part this is my second one, and I, I just like helping other kids because it's like when I was little, I really I didn't really have somebody to teach me how to pass rush seriously. So that's really what I'm really focused on, teach them how to pass rush and really how to use the technique because they don't have the technique that they need at their young age. When did you learn to really get the technique for your pass rush? Uh, I learned that in JUCO, actually. Oh, you did? So you're yeah. basically going to give them a little advantage because they're going to be much more ahead of the game yes. than, than you I, were if, in those If lines. I were doing any of the pass rush moves that I knew as a kid, I would probably be in the NFL right now. I believe it. <laughs> like, I believe it. It's crazy how, like, how much that matters it's like as a, as a, at a young age. It really does matter. 
Now, this is going to be at Newman Park, 2212 Alabama Street uh, mm-hmm. here, and it's going to be from uh, 11 to about 1230, a week from Saturday. And if you want to learn more, you can uh, – there's a lot of ways to do it, but I say the best way is just to follow you guys on social media, yep. right? Because Inst- you guys – Instagram, Twitter, it doesn't matter. It's up all there. Them. All right, let's, let's give out all the handles. What's, uh, first off, uh, Jadrian with you, what are your, uh, what are your uh, social media? Right, my handles? Instagram is big un- big <laughs> dot camo with a K. <laughs> And then on Twitter is Camo with a K underscore JS. Camo meaning K A M O. K A M O. Yes. Underscore J S. Underscore J S. That's Twitter. Yes. Right, and Instagram again was Instagram big dot camo with a big K. Big dot camo. Mm-hmm. All right. How'd, yep. you get, how'd you get Camo? How's that? How'd that come into play? Well, he gave it to himself. No. Did he really did. He gave. He gave. I did not give it to. I did not give it to myself. I believe this. And, you know, it was a clan that I started wrong. I'm a gamer. If y'all didn't know, ah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Twitch gamer and everything. <laughs> what do you and play? I play Call of Duty. I play 2K and Madden. But my uh, my my favorite game probably 2K. All right. Yeah. yeah 2K. And then uh, you, you go up against Keontae Kennedy in 2K. No, I played. Keontae plays a ton of 2K. No, That's I know. That's all he does. I never wouldn't get him. No. <laughs> all right, he's he's he says he's pretty good. He talks a lot of trash too about how good he is. Yeah, so. Tell him, tell him, pull up on me then. I'm gonna see what he's talking about. I think okay. we, could, we could do that. Dale, what about you? What are your social handles? Uh, my Instagram is dwilliams42 underscore. That's my Instagram. All right. And then my Twitter is the underscore primetime17. I, I think a little bit. I forgot. <laughs> the underscore prime time seventeen. How'd you get? You're, you're number forty two. So was seventeen your uh, your number you had before you came here? In high school, you know, in high school you could come up with all kind, <laughs> all kind of crazy names. Talk That's right. Prime yeah. time, like he Dion. You know, it's a, I was in high school. You come up with all kind of crazy names in high school. And I don't think Twitter lets you change it. Like yeah, it won't, won't let you change. So I, I didn't try to change it plenty of times. Yeah. But, Twitter just won't let you change. Yeah, so. you stuck with that name. <laughs> were you uh, were you prime time in high school? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. For I'm for trying sure. to get verified on that Twitter <laughs> right now. I'm yeah. gonna go request it. Yeah, you, you, you want you want a blue check mark on that? Or you want you want to find on. out if he was actually a prime time? Is that what you're I looking go for? Get that blue check on Instagram hey. and Twitter. I'm requesting that thing. There you go. I like that. Adrian, we're off to a flying start today with these. Yeah, two. this is a lot of fun. Uh, Daylon, I have a question. You you played at Independence Community College, which uh, for people who've watched Last Chance, you they featured them at, on uh, on two seasons. What was playing there like? Uh, it was. It was definitely a, a a good experience. You know, I was there actually right now with uh, my current teammate, Tyrese Knight. Me and him was in JUCO together. So it was like, it was a good experience, you know, like a good life experience. You know, I don't know if y'all been to Independence, Kansas, but there's nothing really much there to do but football. So it was like, but the people in the town was great, you know, people, but the food, the food wasn't all that good. You know what I'm saying? When I came to UTEP, I was. I got big. I think I was like 230 in JUCO, and I came here. I'm like 250 now. So, yeah. So the food's done you right here at UTEP. Oh, yeah. So they, they feed us pretty good. I got to control myself sometimes or I get <laughs> overweight. I ain't trying to be overweight now. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, uh, Kilgore College is much better than Independence College. Sorry. No. I just, I just wanted to put that out there. You do, know. do we have a rivalry between Kilgore College and Independence? Oh, at UTEP we do. Oh, yeah. Because UTEP, uh, we got it's, like six or seven. It's just a rivalry to him, not us, because okay. we know we know I have my ring. You know, I got yeah, my we, and ring. we got our ring. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 
and, and this is the reason why seven UTEP players from Kilgore. Okay, hey, yeah, UTEP's done well at Kilgore so yeah, far. Yeah, Kilgore. Really but Independence is bringing in more, right? We got a couple of Independence guys. Two at, of them. Yeah. Two. I mean, it's just because right. y'all in Texas. It's just yeah, right down the street. Okay, okay, okay. You feel me? It's, you know, it's right down the street. Listen to East Texas. You know the best best part of Texas. Hey, if, I mean, if, if you're a Texas head coach at any college or I mean college or JUCO, I mean, I feel like it's a priority recruit. Mainly Texas high schools and JUCO, so okay. you know what I'm saying. All right, I feel like you that's so. a priority. Uh, yeah. You guys roommates? Uh, mm-hmm. No, we, we we used to live in the same apartment complex, but mm-hmm. I moved. I got my own apartment now. All right. We're not roommates. You anymore. guys feel like you guys talk like your roommates. You guys talk like your brothers. I like hey, that. Yeah, that's we, good we, stuff. We real close. Yeah, we're real that's my close, brother. You know? you know what I'm saying? We we came in together. Me, him, Kelton, T Knight, and Keenan Stewart. We all came in together. So like, I think we all got a special bond Zizzo. with each other. Yeah, Dennis Barnes and Zoe, we all got a special bonds with each other. Like a lot of people say that they ask if we brothers, mm-hmm. but that's just you know it's, that's just how we are. We got yeah. that close. We clicked up immediately. Immediately. By the way, what an amazing group of recruits that is. Yeah. Holy smokes! Yeah. Start thinking about that. You guys are all playing, and you guys are all you guys are all some of the you know incredible ball players. You've done well so far. So that's a it's a great recruiting class. And having that yeah. team chemistry really it really does matter. Like Ben, I'd be just as happy when my brother make a play than when I make a play. So yeah. it feel good at playing with these boys. All right, get comfortable, Adrian. I know you got more questions. We're gonna throw it all at you guys. We'll Go ahead, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, Good. We got else we, to do. I love that. Me too. I got <laughs> nothing else going on besides talking to the two of you. So I'm excited. All right, more with Dalen, more with Jadrian, and we'll talk more about the camp coming up here on the show this hour. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get a traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue, 18 past the hour. We're talking games, video games, Adrian. We're mm-hmm. gaming right now. Gaming. Good stuff. Good That's stuff. Right. I yes. like it. Y'all go follow me on Twitch, man. The biggest camo gaming. The yeah. biggest camo. The biggest camo. On yeah. Twitch. On Twitch. So what do you do? Uh, you like broadcast your gaming? Is that yeah, what you're I got, doing? I got, a, I got a webcam set up and everything. Man. Oh, you're like the professionals. Yeah. Why don't I'm you like uh, start getting a YouTube channel and get all these uh, subscribers for you so they can all watch you play? Yeah, I need to. I need to. Right now, I'm starting up on Twitch. I'm going to build my following up, and then I'm going to go to uh, YouTube, you know? I had no idea, Jajun. You're yeah. such a uh, such a gamer. So yeah. Is, I'm, so I'm when, a, you're not, when you're not doing football and schoolwork, guaranteed you're playing games. I'm probably playing a game, yeah. What, do you, uh, what kind of system do you have? I have a PS5. Ah. I spent, I spent I spent that money. I spent that money. The real thing. The real thing. Hey, when you guys went bowling to the New Mexico Bowl, they didn't give you a PS5 as part of your uh, package? Ooh, to, uh, I wish. What did you guys get? I wish. Yeah, what, what was your bowl package? Let me hear what you guys got. Uh, we got a duffel bag full of gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of gear. And then once we got there, like the New Mexico people, New Mexico Bowl people, they gave us a backpack full of some gear and like Oakley got glasses. got some Oakley glasses. Um, yeah. What else? We got, got a, some different beanies, beanies and everything. Backpack. And then... um. As our gift, we got to choose our gift basically. Yeah. So. Okay, so that was all before the gift the itself, gift. right? Yes. Yeah. So what kind of choices did you have for the gift? What they offer you guys? Let me hear what they so have. So what I got, I got a sound bar with a subwoofer. Oh, nice. Then I got the uh, blender. What kind of blender? I don't even know. I just know it blends. Does that thing work? <laughs> it works. Okay, good. I be blending stuff all the time. So you make smoothies I and make shakes smoothies, and stuff yeah, like I that. I love it. All right, good. So you got yourself a blender, a uh-huh. sound bar. And every, every, every person in my house, I got at least one thing for the house. That's what we agreed on. So my yeah. my roommate, Kelton Moss, he got a uh, crock pot. Nice. And then um, my other roommate, uh Tyrese Knight, he got a uh, like a George Foreman grill. Oh, look at that! So yeah. now, so in other words, you guys are cooking it at the house. We're and it's, cooking. And it's some good stuff. We got some good stuff on the. Yep. 
I used to love the Foreman Grill in college. Yeah, that, that yeah. worked. We had a Foreman Grill. Listen to this. You'll like this. So, you know, in the old days, I'm talking early 90s, right? Mm-hmm. I lived with a guy in my senior year, and we had a Foreman Grill that you would use newspapers to cook on. So what you would do is you'd crumble up a bunch of newspapers, and that was your heat. And you would light it on fire, and you would cook your food based on burning newspapers. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, that, was the, I, that was the first Foreman Grill. That's dangerous, yeah. ain't it? It was, well, yeah. We didn't know what we were eating. We thought it was the greatest. We would do uh, Earl Campbell's uh, smoked sausage on there. We thought it was the greatest thing ever. Oh, you don't yeah, know who Earl Campbell is. Probably yeah. putting all those carcinogens in. and Yeah, for the Tyler Rose. That's yeah. exactly right. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dalen, what would you take? What was your gifts? Oh, uh, you know, I like I like to listen to music, so I got a <laughs> I got a sound bar mm-hmm. and I got an air fryer because you know no, air fryers are great. The, the air fryer, air you fryer. could you could just cook anything in the air fryer, and uh, that's right. Yeah, I got some cologne because I had just ran out of some cologne, so I was like, they had some Calvin Klein cologne on there. I was like, I might as well get the get the cologne, but it was like so many things you could pick from. Like they had TV, yeah, they had the AirPods and everything, Beats, yeah, all that you know, stuff like that. Nice. So yeah. what you're telling me is. When you go bowling, you're getting you're getting hooked up. The gifts yeah, are that's yeah. that's the whole point. You want to you want to win the game. Let's mention the food. You ain't gonna never be hungry out there. That's true. You never hungry. I'm talking about unlimited wings, pizza. Yeah, I, I, burgers. I had to control myself because it was just like it's, they had like a room just for like the players. They had like snacks, all Gatorades. They even had cokes in there. I'm like, oh, they <laughs> spray <laughs> put sodas in here. I'm like, man, I don't. I can't be drinking this, so I had to chill. I think I was playing. You know, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on weight gain, so I, I just ate anything I needed. Anything I wanted, so, I was eating it. So you guys would say that you were treated really, really well by the New Mexico Bowl people. Love it. Oh, yeah. Got to go bowling again every yeah. every year now. Every year it's the standard now. We set the standard. So that's that's the, that's just the minimum. Next that's year, right. next year we shooting for the college championship. That's exactly. Facts. And, and, and next year you're not just going to a bowl game. You're going to win a bowl game. Oh yeah, yeah. most definitely. You guys are right in there against Fresno. Right Heck, in that's there, you know, it's gonna drive plays. you crazy. Oh yeah, we a lot of and it's crazy because like a lot of our games and like that, like four of our games is just like two plays, two or three plays we have back, we'll win the game. I but. think I think North Texas is probably like the worst, like Ooh, heart, heart, heart wrenching. Like, uh, I was saying some things I probably shouldn't have been saying. Like North Texas, <laughs> yeah, North Texas probably like was like dang, like because I don't I can't remember the last time we beat North Texas. Like they beat us in the COVID year, yeah. and I don't, I don't, we weren't here the year before, so like the COVID year we lost by two. Yeah. Then we just lost by. Wasn't the COVID year? That was the year that um, uh, they started uh, Calvin at quarterback, yep, and he yeah. went uh, and he and he had a bunch of pa- touchdown passes that mm-hmm. game. He did. Yeah, four yeah. touchdowns. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I remember that game. Remember that season. Yeah, and they, then, had that, they had that. They had Jalen Darden out there though. Jalen Darden. Yeah, was he was the truth. Sure. Yep, that's right. He, he was. was. Well, I've learned something today, guys. Number one, I learned that the New Mexico Bowl took good care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned that as football players, you guys are as much about getting house like cooking uh, gear as you would anything else. That's important. Love to cook. Yeah. Air fryers, grills, smoothie makers, blenders, mm-hmm. sound bars, cologne because you're running out. Why, why <laughs> go to the store when you can just get it there? Yeah, yeah. Jalen, that's a free. smart move. I like that. <laughs> free ninety nine. There you free. go. Free ninety nine is the way to go. I yep. totally agree with you Most on that. Definitely. Now, uh, spring ball's right around the corner. By the right way, right around the corner. So uh, let's talk about this team. Um, number one, almost everybody came back. That's important. Obviously, losing Jacob Cowing is tough, but mm-hmm. uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you got a lot of guys coming. A lot of guys mm-hmm. on the offensive side are going to be returning. Mm-hmm. Good, strong recruiting class of a lot of JUCO players. And I'm telling love you what, I, I, there's a reason why you love it, right? Because it. it's worked around here, and you've mm-hmm. seen so many JUCO guys come right in and make an immediate and turn, impact and on turn this them team. Around immediately, they always they, they're going hey. 
JUCO the route, really. And some the new dudes they brought in, you know, they fit right in with the program. You know, we don't got no cancers. Like that's one thing we said. Like we told the coaches after the after the New Mexico Bowl, we was like, you know, the guys are bringing in, like, you know, let's make sure they fit in with us because you know it took a while to build this up. You mm -hmm. know, what I'm saying we don't want nobody coming in and bringing it down and being cancer to the scene. You know, we got all the we got rid of all the cancers already, so. We just want to make sure everybody fit in, and that's what everybody's doing right now, fitting in. Leaders like JG and everything, yeah. that really he really was like a, a big leader on the team, and yeah. he, had, he had us like you know doing the right thing and everything, Bobby and everything, Josh Ortega. Those are good you know, guys. We had them all on the show. They were terrific people. Great guys, terrific. you know, and those are the type of guys we want on the team. We don't want no bad guys, no, you know, on and out the field good guys. Is it easy to spot cancers? Like, do you know pretty much immediately if yeah. something's going to work and something's honestly, not going to work? Honestly, with these workouts, it'll, 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 uh, <laughs> it'll come out pretty soon. Yeah. With the sure. workout we do, they're, they're, yeah. For sure. But they're going to come out. Yeah, we, we haven't had any negative things yet, but. So when you say workouts, meaning it's it's tough, it's and and tough. you'll and you know right out of the gate if somebody doesn't want to work and put in the work in and stuff like that, you see it immediately. See it immediately. It's gonna it's gonna weed them out fast. Whole shot is not playing. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> Kevin's shot is not a joke. Yeah. Coach shot, <laughs> shot definitely is a guy when it comes to these workouts. You know that's why like when people on Twitter they be like, oh like we surprised like UTEP doing this, but like. We go if you come to just come watch our workouts. You probably won't be surprised either. Won't you know be what surprised saying? at all. Or come watch the practice. You're like, oh, like these guys, like they looking like they've been here before. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's it's no surprise to us because you know we Cause there because the, the work we put in. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something else. Your defense was unbelievable last year. Let's be honest. That uh, and you mentioned North Texas. Outside of a few plays here and there, you guys were terrific all year long. You kept everybody in every game, and that was important. You hit hard. You completed every tackle, mm -hmm. and that was the one thing, guys. I'm going to tell you when I've watched UTEP now for forever. The thing that bothered me the most was for whatever reason this team couldn't tackle. It was basic fundamental tackling, and they would let guys just they, – they wouldn't finish tackles. They would bounce off of players, and it would drive, it would drive our listeners nuts. They would call in <laughs> after games. Why can't this team tackle? And for you guys, it seems like not only do you tackle, but the minute you wrap somebody up, you're bringing them down. They're not, they're not escaping. They're done. Yeah. yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with our uh, accountability as a defense and, like, from my peers, not from the coaches, from our peers. Like, you miss a tackle, you miss a tackle, or you're not breaking down that practice to go make that tackle. We like, hey, bro, like, come on now, that's not a tackle. He juked you basically. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and we we clowning them. We 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 ain't gonna we ain't gonna let them make it. If you're missing tackles and everything, we gonna ache. Like, come on, let's let's get it. You know, you are gonna miss a tackle every now and then, but at least we want your maximum effort every time. Yeah. Every time you tackle. Another thing, you know, Coach P came in. You know, we was doing a lot of. We was focusing on a lot of fundamentals when he first came in. Like last year around this this time, you know, he was doing a lot of fundamental drills just to go back to the basics. And you know, he you know, he set the standard, you know what I'm saying? In practice it was like if we don't get three turnovers, like we gotta do ten up downs after practice. It, oh. no matter practice. For each so. for each turnover we don't get. Yeah, so it was just like you know, Coach P set set the standard for a lot of things. You know, Coach Wally, Coach Wade, yeah. all the guys on the defense staff, Coach Dillon, You know, he he helped out a lot. So yeah, explain was, to our listeners what an up down is. So up down, you running your feet, you running your feet. Then you when when they when you blow the whistle, you hitting your chest and you right back up, bouncing back up, and you got to do that ten times for each turnover. So if you don't get three, let's say we don't get three of them, we got thirty. 
Man, that sounds awful. Yeah, it is. So people, <laughs> people was getting them turnovers. Yeah, we getting them turnovers. We gonna rip that ball out of something. Sacks, fumbles. Yeah, we gonna get it. We gonna strips. get that ball out. We, we was getting them turnovers. I believe it. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, and and by the way, I'm I'm happy you brought up Coach Pivato because uh, he came in last year mm. for the first time. And man, you were wondering after Coach Cox, what would the defense look like with <laughs> Coach Pivato? And man, he didn't miss a beat. Not one. He didn't. Hey, he's a he's a that's a bad man right he's, there. He's a guy, like hey, I'm telling you, cause people we all we all love him. We all got a lot of respect for him. You know, he's just cause P. He's he's a guy who's been around for a long time, and you know, like everybody on the defense, like we like willing to learn. So like a guy who's been at like the schools he's been at and coaching for as long as he and like we want to listen to him. We we want to you know what I'm saying we want to hear things from him and, and once he knows and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, I like that he takes, like, accountability with us. Like, if we lose, it's not on us. It's, it's on it's on him. He, he's, he's admitting to everything. Like, I like that he, he's with us. I feel like he's, like, a, um, like a great he – like, he like part of his family, basically. He treats us like family. I also feel like you guys are probably closer as a team now than you've been since you guys got here. This is your third season now with the team. Would you say that this is – you could tell right off the bat that this team is, has bonded more now than, than really ever before? Yeah, I, I believe so. And I believe, like, even in bringing the new guys in, like, they, they click just like that because of our leadership and everything. I feel like that t- plays a uh, big factor in what, like, what we're going to do as a defense. Yeah, and another thing I would say is, like, it's not really any clicks on the, you know, on the team. Like you know how some teams like O lineman hang with O lineman and D line hang with D line. Like if you come to one of our apartments, you'll see a linebacker, O lineman, and a kicker or a holder. <laughs> you'll see you'll see the most randomest position, or whatever. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's mixed up out this, there, man. That's just the bond we got on the whole team. So that's another neat thing about our football team that I like. I like this a lot. This is great stuff. All right, mm-hmm. more with Dalen and Jadrian as we continue here on Sports Talk. I know Adrian's chomping at the bit to get in. All right, look, let's <laughs> get through Sports Center, and then Adrian, it's all yours. Fire away with these two as we continue right here. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Keep it yes, sir. All right, let's get to some college football news from today. After months of lengthy uh, lengthy debates and multiple meetings about expansion, the college football playoff will remain at four teams through the end of its current 12-year contract, which expires after the 2025 season. And by choosing to remain at four teams for four more years, the 10 FBS conferences, along with Notre Dame, have forfeited roughly $450 million in potential revenue. Let's go to more news today. Speaking to UTEP football, UTEP football, uh, head coach Dana Dimmel announced today that Dante Barnett will join the staff as the program's new safeties coach on Friday. Barnett graduated from Kansas State, receiving his Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology in May of 2015, while Dimmel was the co-offensive coordinator back at Kansas State. Uh, the Tulsa, Oklahoma product and Booker T. Washington High School alum played defensive back for the Wildcats from 2012 through 2016. Let's go over to some more news today. This also coming out of college football as Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels has now entered the transfer portal just a few months after declaring that he would be back for the Sun Devils in 2022. Daniels, who posted a video on social media back in December to announce that he would return for his fourth season, has not publicly announced his intentions to transfer, but he has entered his name into the portal. The decision comes after the offensive coordinator Zach Hill resigned back in January after being placed on administrative leave during an NCAA investigation 
investigation at Arizona State that alleges improper recruiting practices before the 2020 season. And that's a look at your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm Adrian Bradis. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Again, we've got Dalen Williams, Jadrian Taylor with us. They will be joining Isaiah Bravo and Dennis Barnes a week from Saturday for the next big clinic that's going to be happening uh, here in El Paso. It's going to be happening 1 o'clock on uh, February the 26th, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be happening at Newman Park, 2212 Alabama Street here. And again, if you follow uh, both Jadrian and Dalen on social media, you can get information on that. You can also get it courtesy of Vantage Sports on Twitter. It's Vantage underscore N-I-L. That's Vantage underscore N-I-L. You'll see the link. You'll be able to click it. You can get right in, sign up, and be a part of this. By the way, guys, uh, this is a $40 hour-and-a-half clinic. Let's talk about what you guys are going to do during the course of those 90 minutes when you get the uh, the high school or kids and the athletes coming into town. So first we're going to start off, like, basically the debate. Like, I'm sure, of course, we're going to have some uh, some um, kids that never learned how to pass for us. So first, the first thing we're going to work on is our stance. You know, our stance, our stance is very important when it comes to pass rushing. So we're going to go stance. Then we're going to basically go to fundamentals of, you know, trying to, trying to take, take the all-alignment off balance and everything, you know, try to get in his head and everything. So basically we're going we're gonna, to um, work on, you know, bending because you got to be flexible on the, at the edge and in the, and in the uh, middle. So we're gonna work on bending. We're gonna work on your hands. We're gonna work on everything. We just try to uh, a full pass for us today, basically. And then uh, with the uh, with Dalen and, and Isaiah and Dennis, will they be working their positions, or is mm-hmm. everybody gonna be working just no, pass? They're working their positions because right. I mean I don't, I, w- I wouldn't want to learn how to pass rush from Isaiah Bravo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, so. I mean yeah, that's those, right. Every guy gonna be working uh, with their own, uh, you know, position and everything. Yeah, so. I'm, uh, I'm gonna take the linebackers. You know, the position we play, me and JT play right now, is kind of like a outside linebacker. So you know, and before I moved to D line, I was a middle linebacker. I was a middle linebacker my freshman year, my redshirt year, and I got, I got. I got the JUCO. They was like, "Nah, you play D line." Yeah. <laughs> I, I put some weight on. They was like, "Yeah, you finna, you finna go to this D line." So. Mm-hmm. You miss being a linebacker. No, not really. You I like being on the D line. D line is where the real athletes at, because because ah, yeah. like you yeah. you you can see a lot of dudes like anybody can go play linebacker, but it's hard to transfer from a middle linebacker to a D lineman because like it's just not natural. You know what I'm saying? Like you really have to like rep it and like actually have to like perfect your craft as a D lineman. So it's yeah. I, I love I love being down there in the trenches, man. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Cause I always been in the trenches, even though I've been like I was smaller and everything. I always been uh, D lineman, but I like I like the position I'm doing now, like like a linebackerish hybrid kind of. I love right. it. All right, Adrian, what about you? Uh, all right, I'll ask you, Jadrian. Um, uh, you're on one end. You're on the defensive end. The other side is Praise Amayule. Mm-hmm. What's a uh, shake and bake about? So shake and bake is basically <laughs> just like uh, on Talladega Night, you know, Ricky Bobby, yeah. you know. So he shake, I bake, you know. So we basically just a t- uh, a two punch combo. You know, we racing to the quarterback every play. You know, trying to trying to compete because me me and Prey is taking like competition serious. Like so, I believe it. So like, we just trying to race to the quarterback. It's all fun though. That's my brother. That's my I love him. 
you uh, praise actually last year had a great game against Louisiana Tech. This year it was you who had the the monster game against the Bulldogs. Yeah, you had three and a half sacks, six <laughs> tackles. What was that game about? Yeah, that was that was crazy. How we both had three and a half sacks on uh, on on the same team. Like that's I don't know how that happened, but it just happened. But before that game, I got I got some bad news from my family and everything, and that really just you know, kind of like drove me to even play even harder and everything. I wouldn't. I, if you see me play the game, that's that wasn't even how I played. Like I, I, I wasn't celebrating. I wasn't doing anything. It was just straight, straight face the whole game. I was serious. I was locked in. Have so you ever really, been in the zone like that particular game? I, I've never been like that before. Yeah. Yeah, but that was that was, that was my, probably my best game. Well, that's big. Back, uh, be, you know, going over to when your recruiting process, and you were talking about that earlier, Jadrian, uh, you had zero stars. Same, same with you, Daylon. Do stars matter when you're a junior college player or anything like that? No, they they don't matter when, like, when JUCO recruiting and high school recruiting is totally different because, like, JUCO is like you may never talk to a coach before, but they they're gonna pull up and you know they're gonna pull up to your JUCO. If they like the way you look, they're gonna offer you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like high school, I feel like some coaches may. Golf or uh, rivals or two four seven account, but and JUCO is straight football. Like the the cream definitely rises to the top in JUCO football. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say uh, it just that's that's what it's about all the stars and everything. But I will say it play a I, I could say it play a factor. You know, I I didn't see some player. You know, you don't you, they just pull up. They don't even have, have to play. They just look good. Yeah. yeah, they look good out there. So yeah. if if you yeah, pass you know, the eye test in JUCO, yeah, you, you, the eye test is really yeah. But but the truth thing. is, you're at Kilgore. You're at uh, Independence, mm-hmm. and there's not a recruiting service in the country that really gives any justice to junior college talent, is mm-hmm. there? No. Yeah, it, it, it's, I think it's I think it's on the rise. Honestly, yeah. I think it's on the rise. So, but that's a good thing. An- another thing I would say about stars, like we have, like coming into JUCO, like you know, you, you had like four or five stars who didn't qualify out of high school, so they had to go JUCO, but they didn't make it in JUCO. So that's why I said like the cream will always rise to the top mm-hmm. in JUCO, like. No, we don't. It's no prima donna football and JUCO. Like just like real, get it out the mud. Like mm-hmm. we all, we all as hungry as everybody else. So everybody gonna get what they get. And if you like one of those guys, like a lot of dudes want to get at your net. Like oh, he a five star. Like, I want to see what he's talking about. Yeah. So they just make everything more. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. A lot, it's a lot of that in JUCO, especially like you get. It's 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 both ways. So if you're a five star. You probably people probably looking at you to be like the best, so like they they trying to get in your head, and and the opposite if you were like a walk on and everything, they are trying to get in your head too. So I me being a walk on, you know, um, a lot of people like they was doubting me and everything when I first came on the team. They was like, what you like basically what you doing out here? Like you think you gonna make the team? Cause not too many people make the team at Kilgore, so it was like. When I made the team and everything, like that, that all eased up, and I basically proved like everybody wrong and everything. So, is it, it. is it a tough lifestyle, the junior college lifestyle? Ooh, yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. tough. State noodles and noodles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty tough, like especially on the middle. Like sometimes, like it's just like you see everybody else getting offers, and you know you put in the work, so you like, dang, like when when is my time gonna come? You know that that could be hard for sometimes, but like you just always got to keep your head up and keep working because you never know when the opportunity gonna come. Like. Like, that's why you don't take no days off. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can be at practice and the coach show up. And then, like like I said before, like, you never talked to this coach before, but he'll offer you at practice, and boom, that's your opportunity right yeah. there. Yeah, it, it it is. It's just like that. And, you know, it's hard, like um, it's hard when uh, when you, when you see everybody, like he said, whenever you see everybody getting offers and you and you put in the same work, you're making the same plays and everything. I didn't see where, you know, like, 
my backup or my third string backup get like a power five offer and I still don't have an offer something like that because because he gonna pass he passed the eye test and everything I don't pass the eye test so is it I mean, that kind of weighed on you and Juco, but, you know, I'm glad I made it to where I am now. Sounds to me like you guys both had a chip on your shoulder coming to UTEP and wanted to make the most of it and prove everybody wrong that, hey, you belong, you belong here. And maybe that's the beauty of UTEP. They look at guys that can play. They don't worry about the uh, about what they look like. They just want to see ballers come in here that can come right in and help. Most that's definitely. Yes. That's how you get players like yeah. Nebion and Yang. <laughs> you, see how, you see how that guy plays? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he was probably 150 in Juco, and a little guy, but he played with a high motor. And he, hey, that's 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 one thing about Utah. We definitely a blue collar team. Like I don't think we have any guys coming out of high school with four or five stars or you know, any guys out of Juco. But we all know how to work. You know what I'm saying? Like Coach Demo, like if you like me and JT, like all got the same mindset. Praise anybody. Praise out of high school. You know, praise and get wasn't wasn't heavily recruited out of high school either. That's right. But you know what I'm saying. So like the team is full of blue blue collar guys. Like we we all know how to work. You know, Breon. This is if you talk to Breon, this is really like Breon first year actually like playing on the football field. Yeah, that was, you know his, that was his first season and, ever and playing really. Yeah. And you see you see what Breon did. So that's right. So it's, the team is full of the same guys who all work alike. You know what I'm saying. So. That's I'd love to see thing. it. Yes, sir. We're going to come back, wrap up the hour right here on Sports Talk. I'm going to next when we come back. I want to ask these two about NIL and what and and what that means to them. An opportunity to put camps like this and actually have an opportunity to profit from it, and what this could mean for the future of UTEP athletes. We'll do that next. Sports Talk continues right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. 48 past the hour, and we continue right now. We've got Jadrian Taylor here with us, uh, along with uh, Dalen Williams. Both of them will be uh, holding a camp along with uh, a couple of teammates of theirs, uh, Dennis Barnes and uh, Isaiah Bravo. It's going to be happening next Saturday at Newman Park, 2212 Alabama Street here in town. And it's going to be Saturday from 11 to about 1230, so about an hour and a half camp on the 26th. You want to learn more, you can. Uh, we talked about their, uh, their social media handles. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Vantage underscore NIL on Twitter. That's Vantage Sports. They've got the link, so Vantage underscore NIL. Speaking of NIL, guys, to me it's a game changer. How nice is it that you get to work a camp and ultimately get compensated for your time because I'm sure you like working with youngsters anyway, but it's still your time on a weekend, and Facts. now NIL is making this a reality for you. I feel like it's way overdue. Yeah. This is way overdue because, like, of course schools make make millions out their players all the time, you know. So it's good that we can kind of see a little bit of that and try to kind of <laughs> kind of like make make some money off our name, yeah. you know. You're getting a taste is what it's about here yeah. at UTEP. I mean, this is not Alabama. This is not uh, Power 5 where they got million-dollar NILs. But, hey, if it gives you guys a little bit extra and you get a chance to, to spend some time and, and do what you love, which is work with some of the kids out there, yes, that to me is a, is a great thing. It's a great it's really, plus. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good little gig, you know, get to make, make money off our name. And, you know, it, I feel like, like Jay-Z said, it's, it's way overdue, I'm sure, like, Guys back then, like Reggie Bush and yeah, all those guys would have yeah. loved to have this, especially yeah. Reggie Bush. Yeah, especially Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah I figure Reggie Bush would have been thrilled with this, that's yeah. for sure. Reggie Bush would have, yeah, you'd uh, yeah, be a billionaire. Tim Tebow <laughs> and Cam Newton, any of those dudes. Who do you think you would have made more money, Reggie or? Reggie Bush. I'll sure. say Reggie. Yeah, Reggie yeah Bush. probably a good idea for that. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, schedule just came out this week. What were your first reactions when you saw you're going to open up the season in Norman against Oklahoma? You got Boise at home this year. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, football schedule. I, I like that we got Boise at home this year. 
We don't we don't lose too many times in that Sun Bowl now. Yeah, I, so you know when, when we went up to Boise last year, they had a good little crowd. So oh yeah, it was a, they, it was loud. Hopefully, hopefully we could get the same turnout here. Like you know how the UTSA was game was. We yeah, we, if we can pack get it that out even more. Every can you explain game. to our listeners out there what that crowd against UTSA meant to you when you took the field for the first time? Man, that that yeah. felt great. I ain't never played in front of that. I mean, that many people like that was that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, like hearing them on third down, yeah. and, and like they like distracting the offense and everything. That means that means a lot because you know you you when you hear all that you you can't hear the cadence of the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it really it really uh, affects the game. It does, and it just means a lot like like that we have that support behind us. You know, because like we work hard, so you know like having people not show up to the game it was like ah oh, like. Man, like these people wasn't coming to the games because we was losing in the past, but we started winning. So, mm-hmm. you know, it I, I meant a lot to see everybody out there like that. I think you guys are going to get big crowds. I think that'll be a, a big crowd. I also think you're going to get a big crowd against the Aggies when you play them. I think that's going to be a crazy game. Yeah. I think yeah. they're going to be packed. Yeah, playing New Mexico State in the Sun Bowl. That's one thing I wanted was to play New Mexico State in the Sun Bowl I think that's before gonna be I graduated. Packed. So it's, it's cool that we get to get that our last year, yep. playing them in the Sun Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, that's be right, because in 2020, that game was canceled because mm-hmm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. That was, one of your, that was one of your games that you didn't get to play. Yep, and then last year we went to them. They, right. I mean, they, they had a cool list. It was, it was a good crowd, though. Yeah. It was a good crowd there, out there. I thought so, too. A lot of El Paso ones took the trip and traveled yep. to see yeah. you guys play. I yep. think I think the New Mexico, New Mexico Bowl was a good crowd, too. That was that, a good crowd, too. It was slept absolutely. on. Absolutely. It was yeah. slept on. I thought, that, I thought El Paso, again, El Paso's represented. They, they, you've got some really loyal diehard fans out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. We do. That did that did mean a lot, you know. what I'm saying running out the tunnel and seeing all like all the Utah fans at the New Mexico Bowl. Yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't expecting that much, but yeah. it, it, they really came out there and supported yeah, us. That, that, that really did mean a lot to everybody on the team. All right, Adrian, you got about a minute or two. Throw throw out some last ones. Who's a, who's a newcomer that we need to watch the spring ball on the defensive side? On the defense, who you? On the defense, who you? That'll be a fun question. Ooh, like that. yeah, that is a fun. I question. think I I like my boy KT uh, Kobe. Like in workouts, he he looked pretty good in workouts. Yeah, he do, like, he do look at, very like, athletic. Like seeing him run, he ran like a deer. Like, yeah. like I'm like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say KT too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say KT too because he got like, the reason he we say that because he got a lot of he got a big shoes to fill. Yeah, he got big shoes to fill because we we used to have that number five back there. You know, that's right. Yeah, but you and know, we tell him yeah. we tell him, but he say he up to the he up to the challenge. So hey. We well, I see. mean, at the same time, ain't nothing going to be given to him because there's also some more dogs back there yeah, in the safety position. Yep. So. But, you know, they say what they say competitors bring the best out of everybody. So yeah. whoever right. made the best man win. Best you guys man looking man. forward to spring ball starting up here in a couple weeks? Most yes, definitely. Sir. Yeah, I love getting in the pads now. Yeah. So you're both ready. You're ready to go and, uh, and and spend about a month or so hitting, and then have that game in April in front of mm-hmm. the fans and just have a good time. Yes, sir. Yeah, we fun. love it. This, this is what I love to do, so. Hey, by the way, what's your favorite uh, jersey combination? You guys like the Texas Western throwbacks? I like what them you Texas like? Westerns. I ain't going to lie. I yeah. think mine was the North Texas one. The blue, blue helmets, white, blue, white, white, blue. white jerseys, and blue pants. That blue, white, blue was nice. I'll yeah. tell you that. I'll I I give you that. I think that was the best when we came one. out in that Texas Western, we was, ooh, yeah, that's Stephen right there. The I like Texas that. Western was nice, but I don't think none just beat the blue. I like the blue helmets. I like Wait the night helmets. We need to get some, some black jerseys. Yes, that would jerseys. be wild. you imagine hey. if you get a black helmet? Ooh. That would a be black really helmet with, with like a jerseys? silver pick? Oh, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like, the way I like the way you're thinking right now. <laughs> black <laughs> and silver would be like the Raiders. My yeah, goodness. it would be that, so hard. That would be nice. All right. With the miners, with the pick. Ooh, yeah, I like that. 
All right, listen. You guys have been great. Thank you both for being. It's been a fast hour. Come back and see me again, and I hope you guys have a huge turnout uh, next week for your camp. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank appreciate you for having us. You got yeah, it. appreciate it for bringing us out here. Excellent work uh, with uh, Jadrian Taylor here with us. And, and also, again, uh, Dalen Williams. You can follow him on social media. That's the easiest way. And if you're looking for their handles, we put out a tweet earlier. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. And who knows? Maybe you'll end up gaming with Jadrian not even realizing. Yeah, come on, man. Could happen. Come, come on, come on, gang with your boy. <laughs> Final hour next. Sports Talk continues. And welcome back, everybody. Ask a Doc with a Jock Doc uh, here as we begin hour number three on Sports Talk along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. And now we get a chance to welcome back Dr. Sergio Alvarado uh, from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine for another go-round with us uh, right back here on Ask a Doctor. If you've got questions, send them to us on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso, or you could always uh, throw them to us on our mobile app uh, powered by United Bank. The easiest way is to get right on in and through to the program. Doc, good to see you back. How are you today? Great. Great to, to talk to you guys again. Great to have you with us, I'll tell you. Um, one of the storylines today, Doc, is uh, hearing uh, on the uh, ruling for Tyler Skaggs, the uh, pitcher for the Angels who uh, tragically passed away a few years ago, and uh, his former uh, communications director, who they found guilty today in a federal court of providing uh, fentanyl and uh, opioids uh, to him and other players, now sentenced to 20 years, a minimum of 20 years in jail because he was found guilty by a jury today. And, and um, I want to talk about, as we start things off, professional athletes and, and athletes for any uh, you know level, whatever it is, and, and really sometimes the dangers of opioids, especially when you mix them with alcohol and other substances. And, and you know, here is the worst possible outcome. A professional athlete who is 27 years old and really in the prime of his career tragically passes away, but uh, just goes to show you that, you know, it's definitely still out there and um, you, know, you got to be really careful, Doc. That's right. And, and I think... Uh, you hit some some key points there that that uh, a lot of these athletes think that it's it's something that that uh, uh, it's going to go without consequences and and this is the 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 greatest consequence they can have is is ultimately death and really they're getting it from from uh, non professionals you know the the they're, they're masking problems and of course at, at the elite level you know at the pros they they're trying to go day in and day out um, but masking it with 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 the uh, opiates, it's, it's dangerous. And like you said, uh, there's a lot of things, uh, a lot, a lot of these players, like, uh, they, they, uh, dangerously mix it with, with alcohol. And that's, that's a, a recipe for disaster. Fentanyl. How dangerous is that in particular, since clearly that was at the root of the discussion for the Skaggs case. So, so, uh, when it comes to narcotics, you, you have different drug classes, uh, as, as the number gets smaller, um, the worse it is, uh, a schedule so a schedule three is is a uh, a lot less dangerous than a schedule two, and and a fentanyl is a schedule two now, um, and and uh, uh, it's pretty dangerous. I mean the the you in, in Texas you can't get it without a um, a triplicate, which means that the doctor's writing it with with a, a special prescription. And so uh, this this guy, I mean, like not only like was he you know practicing medicine without a lot without without a degree. Uh, he probably got it some legal way, you know, that, that uh, was dangerous, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, from from the from the case and and what we heard, he was uh, the, the 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 director of communications was getting it through someone else, and then essentially um, get you know getting it for the players, and and ultimately you know they had. I guess a dealer on the side they were working with, and as this story has come out, you've started to find out the inner workings of what was going on with the Angels a few years ago. Now, a we don't know if other teams are like this or if this is kind of just a a very uh, isolated case, but clearly it's scary to think about. You know, professional athletes look. I'm sure some of them are in a great deal of pain from the rigors of a schedule. They're looking for ways to ultimately heal their bodies or cope with it. But you got to be really careful about what you take and what you mix. Right. And and the thing is, there, there's there's a, a lot of different things. And, and I mean, they, they also have, uh, like you said, they're, they're going at a, a higher pace and they're, they're pulling, putting their body through a lot more. But they also have a lot more resources like. Uh, they they have physical therapists. They have a whole team that they're really that's, that's designed to help them get through the pain and 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 really get to the root of what's going on. And I think sometimes you know, unfortunately, like they're they're looking for shortcuts. Yeah. And and at that level, it's it's kind of tough. Um, and I mean, this doesn't go without consequences, unfortunately. Dr. Sergio Alvarado joining us right now, board certified here in El Paso in medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine. In fact, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine is getting ready to reopen their doors. They've expanded their location on the east side at 2267 Treywood Suite G2. You want to set up an appointment, you can call them at 915-256-9751. That's 915-256-9751. Five one, Doc. I want to shift it over and talk to concussions right now because that's another storyline that uh, clearly is pretty prevalent in, in all of professional sports and college sports and high school and youth sports. Have we, as a society, made some progress the last couple of years in detecting concussions in athletes of all different uh, sizes and ages, and also preventing concussions in in sports? Yes and no, the quick answer. But we've done we've done a we've done a, a lot in uh, in preventing them. It's it's one of the few things that uh, a lot of the parents and, and a lot of the, the coaches are still surprised. Um, you know, you have a kid that that breaks his arm, and mom and dad are saying like, "Go ahead and play." Technically, he can't play. You know, like it wouldn't be advisable, but legally, I can't pull him off the field and say, "Hey, you can't play." Now you have a, some, a kid that has a concussion. The moment I say concussion, he's got to step off the field and, and I have uh, full legal authority to do that. You know, so there's a lot more teeth. Uh, the, if you look a little bit at the history of, of how the concussion laws came into effect, uh, it was Washington state that had the uh, Ronnie Lindstedt, this middle school uh, player that uh, unfortunately like um, suffered what's called second impact syndrome. And uh, he was hit uh, during a game didn't tell anyone he shakes it off, uh, gets hit again, uh, has to be airlifted. Uh, 18 months later, six months later, he wakes up from a coma. 18 months later, he's learning how to talk and walk. And mom and dad said enough. Uh, two years later, uh, two years of fighting, they, they, they petition and Washington gets its, uh, becomes the first state to have concussion laws. And um, eventually, like uh, all of the states followed suit and, and uh, Texas being one of them too, uh, Texas has Natasha's law, which, and, and this came about uh, after a uh, high school or a soccer player 
uh, suffered a concussion and and uh, she went from being a straight A student to barely being to, able to remember what what the lesson was, you know, 20 minutes ago. And and uh, of course that hurt her collegiate uh, aspirations. And and so because of that, uh, there's a lot more teeth in concussions. Uh, scientifically, though, we we still have grounds. Uh, we still have uh, a ways to go with as far as preventing them. And I tell like when I talk to my my uh, my athletes about concussions. I tell them about the, the peanut in a shell and, and the brain is pretty much like a peanut in a shell and you can, you know, saran wrap the heck out of that peanut. But if you shake it, that peanut inside is going to shake. And that's what happens with the brain. So the thing is you can have a helmet that's padded all the way through, uh, but it's not going to prevent the concussion because it's not going to prevent the, the brain from moving back and forth. And so uh, while helmets are great, so we don't have any fractures or, or any other trauma, uh, to the skull, um, we still got a ways to go with concussion, you know, preventing them. Doc, how challenging is it to f- uh, recognize the symptoms of concussions that a player uh, might might endure? Sometimes, you know, it, it can be challenging because like, uh, like just today, you know, I had a, a, a soccer player, she, you get kicked, she got kicked in, in, with a ball in, in the face, you know, and uh, of course, like, you know, like you're, you're going to get teary eyed and you're, you're going to get a headache and you might even be dizzy and, and at the moment are you're like, Hey, is this, is this a concussion or not? And with concussions, I, I always, uh, uh, I tell the, the, the athletic trainers, like it's always better to, to err on the side of caution. And, and, uh, we're, we're, we're lucky to have a lot of great trainers in El Paso. And so, um, they know that it's gotta be serial, uh, um, checkup. So it's not, you know, like you, you check them right after the, 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 the injury, and then you should check them again, like half an hour, maybe even like 10 minutes after to see how they're doing and they're progressing and, and if symptoms are getting worse, you know? What about the um, young ones, Doc? When you talk about like the younger athletes, especially those that are, let's say, ages 6 to 10 or 6 to 11, if let's say something happens, whether it's a collision, they get hit in the head playing a sport, what's the easiest way to determine whether they, they could be suffering a concussion and maybe not even know it? Well, I mean, the, the most common symptom is, is going to be a headache, you know, and, and, uh, and for that reason, you know, you, you brought up a good point, Steve, as far as like the, the young ones, uh, from, from the studies, you know, like we, we've seen that the, the younger you are, like the, the more, more time there is, uh, for you to not recover and, and, and uh, doubt it, it becomes an additive effect. And so in fact, uh, so much so that the American pediatrics has, has come out with a strong consensus statement saying under 10, no, no, uh, no contact sports. And that's up North. That's no hockey under 10 and, and down South it's no, no, uh, full contact, uh, tackle football, you know, flag football is okay. But of course, you know, like the, it, those are the, 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 the sports that, that can come out that just because in sheer numbers, you're going to have more concussions, but you, you don't have to necessarily, um, be in those sports to have a concussion. And clearly, Doc, once you get one concussion, you're going to be more susceptible to getting future uh, concussions. And the hits might not even be as severe the second, third, and fourth time. But because of prior injuries, uh, you're more prone. And sadly, the more concussions you get, the worse the symptoms uh, get over time. Right. And and so the, the thing is, uh, the worst being a uh, uh, second impact syndrome. And, and, and that's what, what happened to, to Ronnie Lynn said that, you know, that, uh, there, there's a herniation of the brainstem and, and uh, you can die. I mean, that's, that's, uh, and so luckily, like, uh, I think, you know, uh, 
on the coach's side and the trainer side and, and uh, parent side and athletes, you know, that it's, it's gotten better. And, and uh, I've, I guess I've, I've been lucky to, to have practiced and in, in, uh, been practicing for 10 years. So I got to see the changes that were before it was, it was a nightmare, you know, just trying to get the, the athlete. And, and now, you know, like pretty much I'm seeing, you know, um, an average about 20 kids, you know, like uh, every two weeks with, you know, with, with concussion symptoms and, and I'm glad they're, they're, they're doing well. Um, I also see that, that when, when, you know, the athlete or mom or dad, like look the other way uh, and unfortunately, you know, what, what could be a couple of days recovery turns into a couple of weeks recovery. Why is that? Why is that doc? Because that's, that should be really important is why should you not rush the, your return to play action? Right. Because the thing is, um, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, subjective, you know, like, uh, every, every player, uh, um, depending on where they got hit, uh, is going to have different symptoms. And so what happens is, is, uh, we call it cognitive rest the, we, you can't shut off the brain, you know, hundred percent, like you could an ankle, you know, you could say, well, we're going to put you on crutches, uh, but you can't stop breathing and you can't stop the heart. So what you do is, is you, you minimize the, um, the external stimuli. And so when you're talking about a student, you, you know, like in a classroom setting, you, you think about the cafeteria and, and everything like the, the bells ringing and, and, and going through the halls and trying to t- pay attention and, and uh, texting and then talking to your friends and it becomes a, like an over, over, overwhelming for the brain. And so the fact is uh, a lot of kids, they, they, they won't, they won't want to do the cognitive rest there. They keep texting and, and, that's where you kind of have to find the, the, the fine line also like with school too, because some teachers don't get it also. And they, they kind of say, well, this didn't happen in my classroom. So, um, but luckily, like, I, I think that's changing a lot now. And, and, and I think more teachers are, are coming on board and saying, Hey, you know what, this might have not, not happened in my classroom, but I have to, you know, I have to support uh, my student and, and help them. And just like you would for, for an, any special needs student, you know? I feel like things are getting better, and at least now we're not sending youngsters out with concussions and saying just play through it. I feel like that's good, but I still feel like we're learning more about this as we go, and hopefully we'll continue to see progress made over the next three to five years. Yeah, and I think you're 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 right, Steve. I mean, uh, we're 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 still not, you know, like uh, we've come a long way. I mean, like from. You know, like uh, you got your bell bell rung, like you know, shake it off, like come back inside, no pain, no gain, and 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 uh, I think it's it's important that the that the coaches are 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 embracing this culture. You know, uh, you look at the NFL, and and uh, I'm glad that they've made a lot of changes, but uh, a lot of people forget that it it took a lawsuit to make these changes. You know, like Jim McMahon and, and company mm-hmm. uh, are the ones that that got got the changes going, um, and and. Uh, and he, he suffered a lot, you know, like the, the, um, a lot of depression and, uh, the, the, you know, we've had some of the, 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 and, and just the forgetfulness, you know, he talked about like, he couldn't remember one day from the next. And this is at the NFL back then. Remember like the, the quarterbacks, they, they, sometimes, you know, I hear like, they're like, Oh, you know what? Like they protect the quarterback a lot. And, and, um, I'm kind of glad they do because unfortunately like, yeah, like, like, you saw it like with, with the players of the eighties, you know, like with the, uh, the, the Jim McMahon era that where they, they really did like, they went after the quarterback pretty hard, you know? 
I do hear you. Dr. Sergio Alvarado, El Paso, board certified in medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine, as you've been listening to. Now, uh, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine is getting ready to reopen their doors. In fact, they've expanded their location at 2267 Traywood Suite G2. You can call or set up an appointment today, 915-256-9751. That's 915-256-9751. Doc, it has been another great, uh, very educational and fast-moving segment with you. We appreciate the time. I want to wish you a great weekend, and we'll look forward to the next time we get to chat with you uh, here uh, next month on Ask a Doctor. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great one, too. You, too. We have our friends at X-1 back with us on the show been a fast moving show today by the way folks it really has our thanks to the jock doc uh also a couple of minors dalen williams jadrian taylor they were great it's been a fast show today quickly moving as you might imagine and um i'll tell you what um so much to, that we've we've covered uh, over the last uh, two and a half hours. And Adrian, looking forward to what should be a great weekend. Huge game tomorrow for the Miners. Southern Miss, they can make it two in a row on the road and win their fifth road game of the season. And most importantly, they can uh, bounce back from that uh, loss to Marshall and now make it two in a row. That's right. That's exactly what they need. Uh, You know, it was interesting because Joe Golding said that they traveled or they were set to travel as soon as the game ended last night. Like they were going to get on a flight and leave uh, Ruston, Louisiana and head out to, uh, you know, go out and and prepare for Southern Miss. Now, that's interesting because that means they get a full day of practice today and then they could be ready for tomorrow morning. It's a morning tip off at uh, at 11 a.m. It's 11 tomorrow. And then Monday, we're not even on the air Monday. That's exactly right. I, I believe countdown to tip-off starts at 4.30, and we've got a uh, tip-off at 5 o'clock out in, in Murfreesboro. Are we on the air for like 30 minutes? Is that how we're doing it? You know, they have ESPN Radio, but that means it's us for 30-minute pregame, right? I figured. I, yeah. We should at least be on for half an hour, right? I'm with you on that. So, yeah, because the Miners tip off against Middle Tennessee at 5 o'clock. And by the way, that is not on ESPN+. Plus. I believe that's a CUSA TV game. I think that's right, and I, I think tomorrow's game is on ESPN+. Plus. So you could watch, you'd have a little breakfast and watch the Miners on the Plus. All right, there you go. Well, that's nice um, because you want to you know, see as much uh, of these games on the Plus as possible. Remember, I've talked about this uh, at, at nauseum sometimes. Every game uh, in football seems like it's always on the Plus, and it's hard to get the basketball team playing there outside of a couple of these road games. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, fortunately for the minor fans, they'll be able to watch the conference uh, tournament on the Plus. I mean, thankfully, right? Because uh, m- most of these games in the middle of the conference play have been on CUSA TV, and it's been hard to access for a lot of fans. So if you listen to the 5 o'clock hour with us, and we're talking to the two minors with uh, uh, Dalen and, and Jadrian, we said the same thing the whole time. We said that, you know what? I feel like this team is, they all get along. They've all got a chip on their shoulder. They're hungry. The way they talk, they are all such likable players. And the more you listen to the way they the way they, uh, they talk about their season, their team, themselves, the more you feel like this thing is just going to keep getting better and better and better every year. 
it, they've created a culture with UTEP football, and it's the player accountability. It's not just the coaching staff. It's it's kind of having um, you know the hope on these players, and I think a lot of fans who were skeptical about this team, even even after the bowl loss, uh, they were worried that people would uh, that, that there would be like a mass exodus and guys would go into the portal. But you could just hear from Jadrian and Dalon that those guys are close players, and they they talk about all their teammates as uh, being really close to them as well. And and we figured they were roommates or something along those lines. No, they're they're just defensive players who've known each other for a while now. You're right, but you feel good because, number one, you listen to how excited you are to play Oklahoma. Number two, um, you're also hearing about uh, how much they can't wait to get Boise here and New Mexico State. I love listening to Dalen say he's always wanted to play the Aggies at the Sun Bowl. Yeah, it's so interesting because the only time Dana Dimmel has played the Aggies at home was the 2018 season, his first year with the Miners, and they lost that game with uh, Kyle Loxley, a quarterback. They, That's right. They, they, uh, it was a closer game, but they couldn't pull out uh, that, that win in the end. So this is a chance for Dana Dimmel to uh, win his first Battle of I-10 at home. And when they started reeling off that recruiting class, what that was like a couple of years ago, like the two, three years ago, that recruiting class, but they've, they've all hit on everybody. Yeah, it's like Dennis Barnes. You're hearing about the kickers that they've got out of that class and just all the defense and, and uh, junior college players that ended up panning out. Uh, two years ago, yeah, that, that recruiting class is always going to be looked on as one of the things that launched this UTEP football program. 100% agree with you on that. 100% agree. 28 past, 880-5763. That is our telephone number. If you want to get into the show, we'd love to hear from you right now. Uh, if you want to talk about the minor win last night, we'd love to get that going. In fact, we're going to give out awards coming up in a little bit right after the uh, bottom of the hour Sports Center update with Adrian. We'll be giving out our um, hot hand of the game from Wind Supply El Paso and our player of the game from Keith Southwest. Now, I feel like if you, if you didn't listen to... Minor talk last night with Adrian and Sal, presented by their Oscar Dieta Allstate Agency. You might have a pretty good idea of it. You'll, you already know the player of the game, but you might you might not know the hot hand of the game just yet. It's a little, it's a cool one. And by the way, I love the hot hand because I agree with that completely. So we'll do that uh, coming up in about an, uh, a minute or two from now. But hey, the basketball team got a big win last night. I'm happy for them right now. Look, it's year one. Season one of what Joe Golding is doing with his staff. And I'll tell you something. Um, even though you look at the nucleus of this team and you realize that the nucleus of this basketball team is clearly the players that have been here the last couple of years with Rodney Terry when he brought them in, they are clearly right now maximizing their potential on the court. I feel like we're seeing more from Boom more from Biennemi, and recently more from Titus than we had in a while. And that's important. you got to get the most out of your team, and I feel like they're doing just that right now. Adrian at Enemy Win 3 tweeted us last night that he was very complimentary of this coaching staff and this team and uh, he said that he's going to hold the staff accountable in the offseason to their recruiting efforts and I think every fan should. I, I think that's, Absolutely. that's what um, this coaching staff you know needs to build on. They need to build on this early, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a lot of success, but uh, you know, more success than they've had in recent years. So they need to build on this through recruiting and prove that they can get some quality players here. They they have to. Otherwise, uh, it, it's going to be a struggle. 
Because let's be honest, the guys that are doing it right now, one came from Oklahoma, one came from San Francisco, and they've done a really nice job this season with the Miners. They really have. Now, Biennemi, I expect him back. Don't know about Sule and what's going to happen with him since he's already graduated. Titus might have hinted that he's coming back in the article from that was on the website. But, hey, you got to add more pieces, Adrian, to really give them an opportunity. Yeah, you do. And I don't know what's going to happen with Sule, but I think if you're able to keep um, you know, two out of the three, and I mean, I'm just saying this based off math, two out of the three of Sule, Boom, uh, Jamal Biennemi, and Keontae Kennedy, yep. I think that bodes well for the Miners. Totally agree with you. All right, when we come back, we will uh, keep things moving and we'll give out those awards as promised. But first, right back to Adrian and his Sports Center update 31 passed as we continue. Adrian, thank you very much. Now, I'm going to say this Tim Hardaway has been a finalist for the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame and the Basketball Hall of Fame for many, many times. It's about his fifth or sixth uh, finalist right now, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm happy. And looking at this class, I'm really hoping that this is the year that Hardaway gets in. Now, Manu Ginobili, I mean, you think about it, hey, four-time NBA champion, we know what he did in Europe. You got to figure that's a lock, okay? You do. And then you got a couple of WNBA players in Swin Cash and Lindsey Whalen. I understand that too. But you think about this group, Michael Cooper, who's been a finalist before, Marcus Johnson, been a finalist before, um, and then... You know, you've got Hardaway. I mean, all you have is Hardaway, Cooper, Johnson, uh, Ginobili, and then the two WNBA players, along with Bob Huggins, George Carl, Marion Stanley, um, a Texas girls coach in Lita Andrews High School, and Hugh Evans. I mean, I'm interested to see what what happens here. I really am. And, man, I mean, think about it. Five-time All-Star, Olympic gold medalist. He'd be the first ever former UTEP player uh, in the Basketball Hall of Fame since Nate, Nate Archibald. Right. Okay. Okay. And that's important. And Don Haskins and the 66 team. So we haven't exactly had a ton of, of Basketball Hall of Famers after Coach Haskins and the 66 team. He's been in there twice because he got in by himself as a coach, then with the team, and then Nate Archibald. That's been it. So really, I would love to see Hardaway get in. Yeah, Hardaway, five-time All-Star. He won an Olympic gold medal. Uh, everybody loved uh, the killer crossover and what he was able to pioneer in just dribbling. And, yeah, this this guy did so much for the sport of basketball w- between the, his stint with the Warriors, his stint with the Heat. Uh, this this feels like the class, Steve. I feel like if this there's any class, this seems like the one that he could maybe finally break through. I, I would hope so. I really would. So now you think about Cooper, part of those five NBA championship teams, um, five all-defensive team awards. He wasn't a, an all-star like uh, Hardaway and Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson went to the all-star team five times with the Bucks. He was a really, really good basketball player. So I'm interested to see what happens. You know Ginobili's going to be a lock. you got to figure that he gets in. The question's going to be, will this be the year for Tim Hardaway? And, man, I hope it is. Hey, by the way, uh, we're uh, just a shameless plug. We're airing the NBA All-Star Weekend, weekend Rising Stars starting tonight after Sports Talk. So uh, speaking of All-Stars, which Tim Hardaway was a five-time All-Star recipient, we're going to have uh, All-Star Weekend coverage coming up this whole weekend. Good, because we got the game. We've got, as you mentioned, uh, All-Star Friday night, uh, which is going to be fun. And then I'm assuming because the Miners are playing early tomorrow, we're going to have All-Star coverage tomorrow night. That's exactly right. Three-point contest, the skills challenge, the dunk contest. We'll have all the coverage this weekend man oh man so if you uh, are an nba fan this is the ultimate for you right here 
you got to just hang with us and enjoy all the NBA you can handle, right? Oh yeah, I'm ready for it. I I am not a big fan of All Star Weekend. I'm a more, I'm a bigger fan of the game now that it's gotten a little bit better. Uh, money is on the line for these two teams and Team LeBron and Team Durant. Uh, so I like those. I don't really like the the dunk contest. I do like the three point contest. All right. Um. By the way, I'm looking right now at everything that's happening. There's a lot of stuff because we got rising stars as you mentioned tonight. Um. Are they, do they still do that stupid celebrity game or not? They got rid of you that. You know what? I bet they do. I, I bet they're still having it. It's out in Cleveland, so I don't know what kind of uh, celebs you're finding out there. Maybe it's Kid Cudi, uh, that, and maybe Joe Burrow goes back to Cleveland, but that's about it. I, I don't really know about that. I'm just curious what kind of all-star celebrity thing they do on All-Star Saturday night because it's going gonna, it's gonna to go from 6 to 9 tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a celebrity all-star game is tonight. Yes. Oh, it's tonight? Yep. We, we're not going to have to see that, are we? No, I hope not. All right, so we're just gonna get the we're just gonna get the good stuff, the Rising Stars Challenge. That's right. That's what I think. So it's gonna be Quavo, Tiffany Haddish. Um, I don't even know some of these uh, celebs who are who are joining this game, but I'm glad I'm not watching it. Um, me too. I don't have. I do not have the roster. Do we know what the roster is for tonight's uh, for tonight's game? Uh, the Rising Stars. Let me pull it up. Uh, I know there's some really good players in this one. And uh, okay, so it's Precious Precious Achua from the Raptors. You've okay. got, um, you know, on one side you got Brandon Clark from the Memphis Grizzlies, Rui Hachimura from the the Washington Wizards, R.J. Barrett will be playing. Um, DeAndre Hunter is in this mix. Uh, Lou Dort. You got P.J. Washington from Charlotte. Miles Bridges from Charlotte. Oh, we got a good. We got a good. We got a pretty good team. Yeah, some good rosters. I, I mean, good teams on both sides. Okay. That sounds like fun. I'm looking right now, by the way, at the uh, celebrity game. Um, is Bill Walton's coaching a team, and Dominique Wilkins is coaching a team tonight. Oh, I forgot about this new format. Yeah. So now they're go- they're going to have four different seven-player teams, and it's a three-game single elimination mini tournament. That's going to be fun. I'm looking at some of the uh, the talent on this team. You do have Machine Gun Kelly playing for Team Walton. Oh gosh. You mentioned Quayo; he's there as well, um, and a bunch of people I have no idea who they are. I'm trying. I, I I could not tell you any of these people. Booby Gibson? No clue. All right. Miles Garrett is there. Wow, he's in a play. Yeah, he's on the he's on the roster. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'd be scared to go up against. My, he's probably going to be the betting favorite tonight. Be kind of interesting. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Anderson Verajao is playing. Who's that? I thought he didn't he play for uh, Cleveland a few years ago. You know what? That's that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds exactly right. He was a three and D guy, right? I think so. Something like that. I'm almost positive he did. Um, he might have been. A, he might actually have been a uh, a last minute replacement. To be honest with you, so yeah, interesting. Uh, they've got a skateboarder. They've got Matt James from The Bachelor. They've got actors, rappers. How about this? A Peloton instructor is in the game. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god, comedians. Um, all right. Anyway. Uh, it, it should be interesting. So that's going on, I guess, now. Uh, yeah, it started at 5 o'clock. Yeah, thank God we, we've, we've missed that here tonight. But I'm hyped about the Rising. This four-team format where it's like a mini tournament, I'm I'm hyped about this for the Rising Stars. There's some good young players. Rising Stars, do we have any Knicks? Uh, let's see. So right now I'm looking at Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. By the way, they're on the same team, which isn't fair. Those are two, the two betting favorites for uh, Rookie of the Year. I'm looking down no, the list. No, there's no Knicks. Yeah, no Knicks players That's, here. Uh, that means it's got a real chance to be a pretty solid game. All right, we'll come back, wrap this one up in a moment. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.